song, we do it on the avenue. All right, all right. We're back for another episode of Suniva Lifestyles Podcast. Presents. Presents. I always forget What's to present. Happening? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> See? Y'all goes. So, Strike one. <laughs> right I'm, on the, I'm on the co-host, Tim. Let's keep you. You going. sure? We got Michael. What's up? What's up? We got Jeffro. What's crapping in? And we got Mr. Joker, George over there. Orale. The best baseball player. The ever. best baseball player to ever walk the planet Earth. And we got our unpaid intern over there. Hey. All right, all right. Hell yeah. So we're going to just jump right on into this. We have a very special guest. We have the Honorable Pep Guzman here. Joe Pep Guzman. Joe Pep Guzman. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And we're going to bust your balls. <laughs> just kidding. So we don't get very many judges on this show. I'm not going to lie to you. So you are definitely the first. Uh, so we just tell us all about you, man. I mean, where are you born? Where's your family from? The whole nine yards. And we'll kind of build into it and sure. talk to us about how you became a judge. We'll worry about that at the end. Okay. All right? All righty. Well, I can do that. Well, well, first of all, thank you guys for, for the invitation and allowing me to come out and share my story and and uh, with your guests and your listeners and uh, find out a little bit more about what's happening in the West Valley. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, well, let's see. For starters, man, you know, I grew up in a farm worker family, and where uh, we're at, uh, all over, all over. Uh, I mean, there's nine siblings. I have uh, uh, there's nine siblings in our family, and uh, eight of them uh, still survived. And um, we traveled so much that I have family that was born in two countries and about three or four different states. We really, used to travel, you know, southwest, uh, southwest USA and northwest USA up up to Oregon and Washington through Idaho. And so I, I've got uh, brothers and sisters that were born in, in Idaho, brother that was born in Oklahoma, um, a sister that was born in Nevada, a sister that was born in Arizona, a sister that was born in Mexico. Wow. And so we settled in Arizona probably um, 62 years ago, maybe, wow. settled in, in a small community of Avondale. And uh, we used to work the crop from tying onion to clipping onion to working the sugar beet in, in, in Idaho. And my grandfather was a, uh, a labor contractor, so he, we'd, we'd follow him. And wow. we'd do a little caravan, you know, through, through the interstates from here, through Nevada, up to, to Idaho and settle in on one of the uh, ranches or farms there and, and work several months during the summer. And, and we'd, uh, my grandfather would take his, his crew of men, laborers, uh -huh. and uh, house them and We'd be there for a few months and uh, enjoy that that time as a child, and and then we come back to Arizona and get back into school. So, what number? You said eight. What number are you in the eight? I'm number five. You're number five, the right in the middle. And, right. and where were you born, Pep? I was born in Overton, Nevada, on March thirty oh, first, wow. nineteen fifty nine, just outside uh, Vegas in the oh, okay. uh, in the Fire Canyon Valley. You know, just north of uh, Las Vegas, off the interstate, little community. You know, probably population 350, something like that. Oh, but wow. it was a farming community at the time. And uh, born at 10 p.m. in the, in the backseat of a patrol unit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that, that kind of sets a tone right there. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of sets a tone there. So, so that backseat became a favorite, you know, throughout the years. <laughs> we'll talk but, about uh, that, too. <laughs> but, my, you know... Uh, 
I don't know what the situation was with my parents at the time, but I know they they pro- they probably summoned uh, public safety, and I ended my mom ended up in the backseat of a patrol unit, and I was born on the way to the to the hospital, to the hospital. and Dang. made it safely, and and uh, so we did that for several years, and then my my father um, ended up uh, uh, getting a, a permanent job with with a wholesome bakery. You know, okay. right, right here in Phoenix, Seventh Avenue in Van Buren. Yep. Yeah, yeah. When it used to be wholesome bakery, worked there for years, and uh, my mom worked uh, a long time uh, in housekeeping and house cleaning and maintenance at the at the Wigwam Resort in Ditchville oh. Park. Oh wow! So they had they they were able to obtain uh, permanent employment and full time employment. So what year was this when your dad got the job at wholesome? And- oh gosh, probably in the eighties, nineties. Okay, 80s, okay. You know, relatively and, recent. Yeah, and uh, um, he he was there for quite a while, and we settled in Avondale and, and uh, L.A. I tell people I'm from L.A. because at that time there was, you know, as a teenager, as a young adult, we uh, Avondale was a probably population of maybe 7,500 people, <laughs> wow, right. and so yeah. you had the the Alwafria neighborhood toward the north end of of Avondale, then you had the uh, the communities south. In the southern part of mm-hmm. uh, of uh, Avondale, near uh, Lower Buckeye Road and MVP. Central, MVP Barrio, right yeah. across the street. And so, you know, I tell people where, when they when they ask me where are you from, I said I'm from LA. <laughs> <laughs> that, because that was the last stop for LA. Say, don't, don't, don't get it confused with Los Angeles, it's Lower Avondale, <laughs> south side of Avondale, right across the street That's from Mountain stuff. View Park. Wow. You know, wow! Moved into that neighborhood in 1973 when I was in the seventh grade. Uh, the uh, uh, HUD. Uh, built a, a track of homes there, and we were fortunate enough to be one of the original home buyers there in that neighborhood. And there was a track of six homes, so we had um, down on, on South Second Street, you know, right across the street from Mountain View Park. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, so it was six original families there: the the Cabreras and uh, the Gonzales and and uh, the Hernandez, and and then our family. Uh, we all grew up there, and I uh, went to Alwa Fria High School, graduated as an Al in 1977. Nice. And, uh, who? who? Yeah. Do, do, you still, do you still communicate with the original six family? Any of the... Uh, a lot of them have moved out. We're, we're actually, we're the only, you know, owner-occupied home in that track, in that okay. track oh. of six homes. To date. So to date. To date. And uh, uh, most of those families have, uh, have sold and moved on to other okay. neighborhoods, you know. But you don't keep in contact with any of your... No, buddy? I haven't seen any of them in a long time, wow. you know, but uh, that's the neighborhood where we grew up in and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, lived there for, uh, well, from 1973 to present. You know, we're still present in that nice. neighborhood and, and uh, uh, you know, we, I have family living in, in my mom and dad's house, so it's still owner-occupied there in, wow. uh, in, in, uh, at uh, South 2nd Street. And um, so... Uh, we stopped doing the uh, the farm worker track. We stopped following the crop throughout the states. Mm-hmm. And my uncles and my cousins, they all did too, because they found permanent jobs there in, in, in the in the valley and, and parked uh, it there. Huh? Parked it right there. That yeah. we, we were done. I remember as a 15 year old. <laughs> I mean, I was doing farm work as a 15 year old, as a freshman out of Alwafria High School. Really. One summer, we had my uh, our family pickup truck, and uh, it was me, my mom, and my grandma. We were all in the front seat of the of the truck, F one hundred at the time. Yeah, they didn't have four and doors back no, in those days. No, they didn't have the crew cab, and we just <laughs> threw a shell on the back, and we had the rest of the familia in the back, and there we there I am as a fifteen year old. You know, I may have been sixteen because I needed a license. So <laughs> I may have been sixteen years old. We're we're cruising from Avondale all the way to uh, Beulah, Idaho to Dang, spend that wow. summer working the crops. You know, and then uh, you know, as as even in 
eighth grade, even as a freshman, as a matter of fact, we used to do the tariada. Yeah. So we'd go tie onion Saturday morning, and then we'd go back at three or four. That was the tariada, and we'd make a little more money, you know, or, or my, my dad or my grandfather would go out on their own, and they'd come back with the, the, the bed of the truck full with green onion, and we'd sit there in the bed of the truck or in the kitchen anywhere where we could find yeah. space and tie onion right there at home. And my yeah. grandfather, my, grand, my grandfather, my, my dad would just take back the tied onion back to the field and, and cash in. At that time, and, was it per pound or a sack? It was per, it was per, it was per bundle. 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 The, the, the green onion, it was per oh, bundle. Yeah, okay, the green but onion. when you're topping onion, and I have proof, because I still have a scar right here. <laughs> I clipped myself one day. Uh, but if you're clipping onion, that was by the sack. They had the burlap sack. Yeah. And what, so, what constitutes a bundle? A bundle is a dozen. A dozen. A dozen, a dozen uh, green onion. So you tie them up, you clip them, you, you bundle them, uh, and you get your little rubber band right here, and boom, you're ready to go one at a time. About five or six, five or six onions in one row. You bunch them up, maybe five or six together. And then the um, the checker would come up and down the field, up and down the roads of the yeah. rows of the uh, onion field, and check them, and then um, check your cart. You know, say, hey, okay, you got six here, you got five here, and we'd be out there three, four hours, four o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah. and uh, just working. And, and then when you get paid, was it per hour or per like per, uh, per bundle? Per bundle, yeah, per, per bundle. bundle, yeah. Per bundle. So they would they would tally up what what you were producing yeah. and, and put and then it together. Yeah, and at the end of the day, at the end of your shift, you'd go back and you'd have your little cards. You're like, okay, I, I've got 20, I've got 30, I've got 40, I've got 50, and then... So let me ask you a question. Do you like onions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, onions you know on what? Uh, I remember kicking and screaming and not wanting to go. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm a 15, 16-year-old yeah, yeah. kid. That, that's sure. the last thing on Yeah, you, know, you want to be out there chasing. You know, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and getting some rest after chasing, you know, <laughs> Saturday morning. Yeah, and, sure. uh, but So, you know, my parents were very understanding. They were very tolerant, patient, so they just let me sleep in the uh -huh. car, in the truck, or in the station wagon. Sun comes up, Pep's ready to go. He's happy to yeah. join the family and, and, and make my contribution. So let me family. ask you this. How did you get the nickname Pep? My cousin, one of my cousins, uh, started calling me Pep. Hmm. And, um, you know, Jose, or let me backtrack. Uh, the nickname Pepe, uh, Pepe is the nickname for Jose. Mm -hmm. Just like Chewy is a nickname for Jesus. So Pepe is a nickname for Jose. So we just, you know, through our assimilation process, we went from <laughs> Pepe to Pep. You know, chopped off that last E, and now it's Joe Pep. Ah, you know? There it is, and so that's my one of my cousins early on. Mystery solved. Mystery, Mystery solved. So, what solved. year was? It? How old you when you got Pep? Probably about ten. Oh, oh shit! Wow. <laughs> All right. Nice. About ten years old, and so it just stuck. You know, yeah. my, my real name is Luis, but it is. Yeah, my real name's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, I follow you. You know, I got my uh, I got my new uh, iPhone eleven years ago, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I started sending out text messages and emails. Yeah, and then my buddy calls me and says, "Hey, it's coming up, Luis. Who's Luis?" I said, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I wasn't aware that, you know, uh, Verizon was going to take my your, legal name on my application and do it that way. But that's OK. But but that's how Pep originated. Hey, I think that's yeah. really cool. Like what, with the with our cultura that we adopt early nicknames, like every yeah. family that I come across, everybody has a nickname. And I think that's so cool because people 
take that nickname even as they're in their adult life. Yeah, they grow. It just yeah. sticks with it. It's their identity. It's in their fact, identity. It it's their identity. And, and um, yeah, if you send me a, a text with Luis, I mean, who the hell? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it becomes their alter ego at times. Yeah, you know? yeah And uh, in fact, uh, uh, sadly, I was at a uh, uh, at a funeral service for an old friend of our a friend of ours, uh, Wangi Salas from from Tolleson, and he had his. Uh, uh, his home there at uh, near 115th Avenue and, and Broadway. He passed away the first part of October wow. and went to his funeral services. And um, and they, his daughter was uh, was presiding. And she asked the audience, the guests that were there, raise your hand if you didn't know Wangi's name was Alfredo. You know, <laughs> and, and like a third of the people raised their hand. They never knew his name was Alfred. They just knew him as Wangi. Uh, you know? and, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, that, that happened. That's funny because... We have a big family. You know, you know that. You've been sure. to some of our functions. We have relatives, you know, and it's funny because there's family members who are barely, like, learning their real names other than their nicknames. <laughs> yeah. you, know I mean? you know, quick story. Uh, Tim's dad has a really yeah. good friend. He's passed, in, uh, passed away. May he rest in peace. His, yeah. his, name, his nickname was Cobra. Mm -hmm. Cobra. And everybody knew him as Cobra, and we had a fight at my house one time. And boxing match, boxing match. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he asked, Hey, could you call me a cab? We were like, sure. So my wife, I asked my wife, I said, Hey, could you call him a call Cobra a cab? She said, sure. So she calls and they, but well, what's the gentleman's name? She comes, she's like, come here. What? What's his name? I go, Cobra. <laughs> and, and she's like, no, I need his real name. So I go, you know what? I don't even know the guy's real name. I just know him as Cobra. <clears throat> so I went to the one of the other gentlemen and I go, Hey, what's Cobra's real name? Nobody knew his real name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. And it, it, it became it became his identity. It was his identity, yeah. you know, right? And uh, it, it and it happens with young and old individuals. Uh, Sugar Man, you know his his uh, family, uh, the Escobar family, grew up in in Avondale and uh, born and raised there. But Sugar Man was sharing a story with me uh, a few years ago where. He, 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 that's the only name he ever knew. <laughs> right, Sugar right. Man. My name is Sugar Man. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so he ran across the street one day outside the crosswalk. A cop pulls him over, you know, walks up to him and says, what's your name? Sugar Man. <laughs> and he goes, that's not your name. What's your real name? Kid started crying because he didn't know his real name. Yeah. He, he didn't know his real name. He didn't, he didn't know his yeah. real name. You, you know what? Just, if somebody gives you a nickname, you can't pick your nickname. You know, no. Yeah, loosely yeah. somebody gives it. Somebody to you. gives it. To yeah, you. yeah. 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 Even like the unpaid intern has a, a nickname, and he, he comes. You know, <laughs> he has a few of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't cut the check. I didn't know his real name. You know? <laughs> you know? I got a buddy from my neighborhood. Uh, I didn't learn his name until I was like twenty-five years old, and uh, even in school, elementary, all the way through high school, he would write Chavo mm. Trinidad. That was his last name. I didn't learn until I was like 25 years old. His his name's Aurelio. Oh wow! <laughs> but nice. even the teachers, principal, everybody called him Chavo, and he wrote on his papers, you know, that essays or whatever. Right. right. Yeah, Chavo. I had a, I had a buddy from Glendale. He had a he had a kind of a, a flat round face, you know, and he had he had dark bowls, and his nickname was Tortilla Quemada. Dude, <laughs> that was the most jacked up nickname. Dude. Yeah, that's but dude, it, it nailed him. Yeah, I Quemada, and baby tooth. Well, you know that's that's not as worse. That's not as bad as um, 
you know, unshapely women, you suck with the papa. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or too much meat on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> so no, but I grew up with Pep and I love it and I, I, I stay with it. And, you know, even in my professional That's life. That's what I was going to ask. Even yes. in my professional life. I, you incorporated. I got my... Uh, Your placas uh, is... Yeah, pep, we, we right? moved. We moved. Yes, it does. We moved into a new facility years ago and uh, um, without me knowing about it, uh, administration was putting together, ordered the uh, the name plaques yeah. Yeah. for everybody. And I walk in on day one and it says Joseph. And I said, Time out. I said, Who I do doing this? Yeah, who what ordered, who ordered these? Right? Because whoever it's ordered, whoever it's ordered it doesn't know me well enough. Okay, but that's okay. They just probably assumed that it was Joseph instead of Jose, you know. But, um, uh, that's a cultural hit right there. <laughs> so, so anyway, I got it, Joe Pep, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm really happy with that because yeah. that's 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 your mantra, man. That's yeah, your, that's your, it's your identity. Your, yeah, that's your identity, and that's how the community knows you and recognizes you. And so um, you go with it, and you make you uh, you enjoy it, and you know you uh, um, you know it, it, you embrace it. Yeah, you embrace, embrace it. it. You live it. It's, you know, and then only. Certain nicknames you know, people have that only good people, good friends, or you know, know that's their nickname, right? Sure. And so, yeah, it, it becomes your identity, right? Right. I mean, had I not known <laughs> tortilla quemada, I would have never called him that, dude. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't just walk up to a guy and call that. But yeah. Uh, so while while you were an owl at Alguafria, did you play any sports in high school? I wrestled one year, my freshman year. I wrestled and. Um, uh, didn't do very well. You were a turtle. I, oh man, I was at one twenty six. You know, yeah. and um, and skinny guy I got beat up most of yeah. the time. <laughs> you know, I can't recall a victory or a tie, but but that's okay. It's that was all good. that was nineteen seventy three, seventy four. You know, so I wrestled one season, and uh, probably, the, you know, the the uh, everlasting experience from from wrestling my freshman year was just the the workout, the intense oh, yeah. workout, oh, yeah. and the focus. You know, and just the intensity of it, you know, and um, you're not working out a whole lot, you know, for a long time, I should say, a half hour, an hour, and then you're out there on the mat. But those drills are there are are intense, you know, and you can't escape it. There's no slacking. You know, you have to be in it and uh, or you find yourself on your back. You do. (laughs) You know, one of the one of the things that I do regret from uh, high school athletics is, uh, you know, I I went out for the baseball team, freshman baseball team. Okay. And. um, you know, that's 70, 73, 74 school year. So it was, uh, it was spring of 74. And, you know, early 70s, everybody's got long hair. Yep. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, everyone, everyone's sporting long, long curls and, and uh, hair down to their shoulders. And I was no different, uh-huh. you know. And so I go out there and we're practicing. Coach comes up to me and says, hey, you need to cut your hair. And I said, what? He said, you need to cut your hair to play. No. And I'm thinking, why, well, why do I need to cut my hair? How does that affect my ability, right, you know, right, my talent? Yeah. It doesn't this, affect this, it at all. This is aerodynamics here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a head you know, I don't need a head they're like, I need something waving underneath the back of my cap, you know, as I'm stealing second base or something. But mm-hmm. I refused to cut my hair, you know, because it was all about pep at that time. <laughs> and, uh, and so I didn't make the team. I got uh, cut. Yeah. And, uh, and then later I thought, well, you know, I should have just cut my hair and went out there and played with with Sergio and Frank and all the other guys that were that were that were on that the were team ball. at the time that were yeah. playing ball and yeah. I'm I'm looking at them on campus and on game day I'm thinking they're playing I'm not and why am I not playing cuz you didn't want to cut your hair 
that didn't make. You just brushing of your hair like that, yeah. looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> so now I have to go Comb get a style. Now. I have to go get a style now. You know. Uh, but uh, that was that was my extent of 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 uh, at high school athletics. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I was at I was at uh, all free, and I was a. C plus, C minus student, you know. I was just about and, to ask about your grades. And, and you know, I you know, I was probably one of the sharper tools in the shed, but I didn't allow myself to show it. Yeah, sure. And yeah. And, and I didn't cultivate Lazy. that in myself. And um, so my senior year, true story, you know, I thought, you know what, I need to reinvent myself, and I need to dedicate myself to do better. In, in, in school because I know I can do it mm-hmm. and uh, I have the talent the ability I just need to commit myself to that so and and, and you thought that to yourself I thought that to and, myself. and that's great because yeah. a, a lot of people at that age yeah. don't yeah. they don't I know? thought that to myself and so one semester I said you know what I'm gonna make honor roll this semester so I'm gonna make honor roll so you know at that time you go to your your, your classes you know, from the morning class to your last class in the afternoon, and you're picking up your grade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they had a little matrix. So I knew what I had to grade out at in each class to make honor roll. Correct. An A is going to give me five points. A, a B is going to give me four points, whatever. Got you're it. doing the calculation, you know, because they give you that information beforehand. At least they did at that time. And so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like my PE classes is, is next. And all I need is... <laughs> Like two points. You, know, you get one I, for cutting I, your hair. I need, I, need a, <laughs> I, need a, I need at least, you know, a B, you know, which is going to give me two points. That's going to put me over the top. I'm going to be on a roll. And I'm walking to PE like, it's got it. Bag. Man, I got this. Yeah. I got this. You know, <laughs> high school PE, you know, yeah, how, yeah. Could, how could you get a C or a D in there, right? Michael so, got one. So I came out of there. I got a C. <laughs> what I got a C in PE. Your hair was, so I was, Your hair was so, in the way, man. So I got I was one point short of making the honor roll, and I thought, and you know later someone said, well, didn't you go back and and lobby? You know, yeah, yeah. to talk to the PE instructor. It didn't occur to me at the time. Probably I should have been more of an advocate, you know, for <laughs> for yourself, for yeah. myself at that time. Yeah. But I wasn't, and so so I lived with that. But that was okay, you know. I because I'm thinking, you know. That, that, that taught me a lesson. That taught me a lesson. It's like even, even the easier things in life or the, the things that come to you easier in life. Or natural. You, you, or natural to you, right. you. You still need to work hard at yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You, know, you, you still need to work you, hard you, at you it. And you got to put it, forth the effort. And, and not take it for granted. Right. Because no one's going to give you anything. And that was the lesson that I learned. I said, okay, you know, if I have to, you know, run a mile, I'm going to do the best I can to run that mile under seven, six minutes, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be, because I'm going to dedicate myself to that task so it can be, so it can be rewarding. And, I, mm-hmm. and that, that was the lesson that I, that I learned from, from, from that one semester. After that, I went to GCC, made the dean's list at GCC, you know, so that momentum so carried, carry up, that. carried over, you know, and that focus carried over. So at GCC, you know, made the dean's list, was there for two years. And uh, got my AA, and uh, then transferred to to a uh, to ASU. ASU in '79. You know, and I was so fortunate, you know, to end up at GCC because you know I'm out. Uh, we're working the uh, the fields. You know, the summer of '77. So you guys are still doing the onions. Um, we're still doing the, the we're still doing the farm oh yeah because you said '80 or something. Yeah, we're still doing the farm work. You know, in '77, and I'm out there with my mom and some of my siblings and. Uh, we're out there. Um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly uh, what crop we were working 
on that summer of 77. But I ran into a couple of guys. I met a couple of guys out on the field, Raul Ortiz from, um, uh, from Cashin specifically. And uh, so he introduced me to some of his friends that had just grad- graduated from Tolleson High School, you know, um, in, uh, Furman Fierro and, and a couple of the guys, uh, Curtis Covert, you know, specifically. Uh, so the four of us ended up running around that summer, you know, Curtis Covert, Furman Fierro, uh, Raul Ortiz and myself. And so it was getting close to the fall semester of 77. And so we're all joking around, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to go work full-time. You're going to get your own apartment. What are you going to do? What's the next move? You're 18. You just graduated from high school. Uh, yeah. What now? And we all said, well, I heard they're registering students at GCC next week. And we're all laughing about it. So, like, is there a lot of women there? <laughs> Holla. <laughs> Holla. <laughs> there was got to be at least 50% student population. Female. I said, well, let's go check it out. So we all went, and we're giggling like a bunch of little 10-year-olds. You know, we're looking around, taking in the scene, and walking around the registration tables. And what class are you going to take? I don't know. Well, what type of class are you going to take? I don't know. You know Anatomy. It's just like, but, <laughs> well, let's just take like math and English. You know, yeah. uh, We'll take a math class, uh, an English class. And no PE? A, a science class and a, and a PE. <laughs> was was there weeding? No, was there weeding? <laughs> and so we ended, up, we ended up enrolling at GCC. And at that time, our, our tuition for full-time students, like 72 bucks. Damn. Wow. $72. Holla. You know, really? and so. That and, and that's for the full load, 12, 12 units, full 12 load. credits. Full yeah. load, $72. You know, 72 bucks. And contrast that to my last semester of college at ASU, ASU College of Law. But it was, it was a great experience because uh, at that time, Jose Mendoza was running uh, the Chicano Services Office on the campus. My, my of GCC. mom worked in there. Did she? Yeah, she I mean, did. you walk in, it's a big old sign, Chicano Services. And I'm thinking, yeah. Whoa, we're taking this to another level now. <laughs> I mean, this is like yeah. cultural awareness. We're, we're, we're a staple in this you know, institution of academia. Right, right. And we've yeah. got a specific individual that's there to service this specific population. And I met a lot of wonderful people from. He was there for years. He was there dude. for a long time. And we met his, Henry, his brother, Henry. Mendoza, that was also a student. He went on to teach at the uh, Peoria Elementary School District. But they had students from all the West Valley High School, all the, from El Mirage to Dicer to Agua Fria, Tolleson. And uh, the only sad thing about that experience was what happened after we all graduated. And that was only a small percentage of us moved on to a four-year uh-huh. university. You know, because that experience at ASU was totally different. From oh, absolutely. my experience at GCC because yeah. I'm looking around and, you know, any, any typical day at GCC, there'd be 40, 50, 60 Chicanos hanging out. I go at ASU, it's like it dwindled to 5, 10, right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm looking, for, I'm looking for my gente you know, on the campus <laughs> yeah, of ASU. Yeah. You know? I bet, I bet. Hey, I tell you what, hold the ASU thought. We're going to take a quick break. It will come up, we'll come back. We'll pick up on ASU. You're, okay. you're transferred to ASU, right? Yep. But well, you're looking for your gente. All right. You got it. Okay, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. The All Fear Justice Court is now in session. This is Friday, the 20th day of November, 2023. We have some eviction action scheduled for this morning, as well as 
some arraignments scheduled for today. So if you're present and you've checked in, just uh, remain in the courtroom. Uh, please identify yourself once your name is called, and then we'll begin with the court calendar. For those of you that are on the phone, remain on the line. Make sure that you're, uh, that you're in a quiet area. Please identify yourself uh, once your name is called. Once again, it is the 20th day of, of um, November 2023. Judge Guzman presiding. Okay, so for the first matter we have today is the state of Arizona versus um, John Gonzalez. So Mr. John Gonzalez. Now, it is, um, it is, we're open from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, uh, but we're not in session, you know, uh, from 8 in the morning to 5 in the afternoon. So the, the court calendar will vary, and the court calendar uh, is a daily listing of the, the types of hearings that, that are scheduled for that day. So we, we I preside over a various number of, of cases, whether it's a, a civil a lawsuit, whether it's an eviction, whether it's a small claims, whether it's a traffic matter, whether it's a criminal traffic matter such as DUI, reckless driving, aggressive driving, or whether it's a criminal matter such as um, assault, trespassing, threats, intimidation, shoplifting, things of, those, things of those nature. We also handle orders of protection and injunctions against harassment. So Monday through Friday, we schedule those uh, throughout the week. Okay, so Monday we'll have certain types of cases. On Tuesday we, we, we reserve that for our jury trials. Wednesday we have eviction actions and some other civil matters. Thursday we have uh, arraignment day. So arraignment day is, is, is really busy because that's the first day that folks that have received a citation come into court to handle their, their citation. And, and then on Fridays uh, we have eviction actions and some, uh, uh, some misdemeanor matters that we, that we take care of. But it is Monday through Friday. Generally the court calendar, generally our first session in the morning is, is, at, um, is at 10 and then our second court session in court is about one o'clock, and the, the the times vary. We could go. Uh, our morning session may run through through the through the afternoon into um, one two o'clock in the afternoon, and then our afternoon session usually starts at one one thirty, and then we'll go for for a couple of hours. Um, but you know, one of the advances that we have with the courts is really uh, civil lawsuits. You know, uh, years ago. Uh, before the electronic uh, data management system was, was created and uh, installed in our courts, we used to handle hard files. So we'd walk into our office and we'd have an in-basket with files, you know, stacked up 12 deep. You know, now there are no hard files. There is no in-basket. Our in-basket is, is, our, is our online, you know, data uh, document management system. And, you know, uh, now we go online and, and uh, I can have 200 files you know, in my in-basket electronically or 100, and I'll sit there and, and uh, work on them till I get to zero and then uh, come back the next day and court staff has entered another 50 or 60 files. And wow. so it's a, it's a daily thing that we, that we work with just to maintain the pace. Well, the population, so you get the housing and you get the evictions that right now are at a record pace, I you bet. know, after COVID. And, and then you've got the, the freeway construction with the 101, the 202, and the 303s. And then you have DPS patrolling those highways. So that's going to generate, you know, uh, citations that are filed into the court. Uh, and then you have all the, all the ground level stuff, everything that's happening in the neighborhood, all the, yeah. you know, the, the misdemeanors that are being charged by, by the local police and MCSO that, uh, that, come, into, that come into the court. But we, we have a, a pretty balanced uh, caseload, probably about 33% criminal, 33% civil, 33% 
you know, orders of protection and, and other types of cases. So we have a good mix every day. <laughs> uh, all right, we're back from break. Whoa! <laughs> we are. Come on, then. We're back from break. Now, Pet, we talked about you. You uh, awesome. we're, we're transferring from from GC, uh, uh, GCU. I'm sorry, GCC to ASU. I'm sorry, Gaucho. Right. So, can we restart? <laughs> no, keep going. Reset. Yeah, we're back. No. So, talk to us about the transition. Right. Oh, you know, From I a gaucho to a sure. Devil. You know, we had uh, I had so much fun. Probably those two years at GCC are probably the best two years of my educational experience. Why you is know? that? Oh, because you know, I became a Chicano man. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah, I became a Chicano. I became aware of uh, the farm worker movement. I became aware of, you know, the the talent. Uh, that is, that is, you know, the Chicano community, awesome, the intelligence, awesome. the leadership. Uh, I got involved in Mecha uh-huh. at, at, at GCC, so got to meet a lot of folks from uh, various uh, Mecha chapters, you know, PC, uh, uh, MCC, BESA, mm-hmm. PC, uh, PC, ASU, you know, and uh, even Scottsdale Community College. And, and it was, it was, uh, it was a, a time where, you know, Chicano power was the thing. I mean, yes. you know, you, you look back and it was only in 1964 when, when the Civil Rights Act was signed by the president. And so, you know, it, the, 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 um, the implementation of all those provisions and protections was in its infancy still in the early 70s. And, you know, Cesar Chavez was out there leading, mm-hmm. you know, the Farm Worker Union and establishing the, the, um, the, uh, the Farm Workers Union with, with Dolores Huerta. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so that time at GCC, you know, we were out there rallying with, with, with uh, uh, Cesar Chavez's soldiers, you know, out mm-hmm. in the onion fields and things like that. And so it was just an awakening, you know. Right, it was right, right. Many, many uh, uh, moments where there was an epiphany of, of who you are and what you want to do and what, what, uh, what the potential is and, and where you set the bar. And so... Um, we, I met a lot of people from various high schools, and I remember one day uh, I sat down at, 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 uh, in the lounge, the GCC uh, lounge, and, and I, I took a piece of paper, and I started making a list of things I wanted to accomplish. Oh, you nice. Know? And I was about 18, 19 years old. And one of the things that I wanted to do was make the dean's list at GCC, which I did. Nice. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to run for city council, you know, when I'm done. Uh, once I get my bachelor's degree, I want to run for city council in the city of Amadeo because, you know, what, you, what I'm learning on the campus, you know, uh, being active on campus and with, with Mecha, mm. uh, you know, I, I, took, I took that and I'm saying, okay, so let me, let me look at what I'm doing on campus and what I'm learning. And, and through that same lens, let me find out what's happening in my community. Where mm-hmm. is the leadership in my community? Okay. And, uh, you know, in 74, 75, uh, Ernie, Ernie Garcia became the first Chicano mayor of, of Avondale, and he led a boycott at Alfreya High School really? because, because of a lack of Chicano and minority uh, uh, teachers. Wow. So, so we, we took advantage of that, and we ditched one day, and we extended it to another day. Another, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're still striking. Yeah, now, yeah. And, um, we're not satisfied. So, yeah. And then I moved on to ASU, and, uh, you know, I made the dean's list at, at um like I said a couple of times already at GCC, but then at that moment I'm thinking, okay, what do you do now? You know, it's time to move on from GCC. So you're looking in the mirror. I'm looking the guy at the, the mirror, mirror and yeah. I'm thinking, you know what? You you found something that you're good at. 
Okay, you're doing well academically. You're still with mom and dad. Uh, it, it's an easy choice to make. Transfer to ASU. So I took my nice. 64 credits, transferred to ASU, enrolled, and uh, got involved with the ASU Metro Club at that time. Met some beautiful people. You know, I had met Ben Miranda, the attorney. May he rest in heaven. I met him while I was a, a senior at at Agua Fria. He and he came over to to speak to us in uh, Mr. Marcus's uh, Spanish class. And he was there to, you know, to encourage, you know, the, right, the young right. Chicanos, hey, you know, college is good for you. You can be a leader. Empowerment. You can do things. And, uh, and so uh, um, Ben was at, uh, was at ASU Law School when I was an undergraduate. And uh, so I'd go, I'd walk, when I was an undergrad at ASU, I'd go over to the law school, you know, and hang out with those guys, you know, uh-huh. with, with Ben Miranda, with... Uh, Rafael Contreras with Francisco Gutierrez, you know, and they say, hey, we're going to a study session. You want to come along? I was like, sure. <laughs> you know, so it was a group of 10, 12, you know, ASU law students in a group session. All Chicanos. All Chicanos, all Chicanos yeah. man, all Chicanos. And so I'm there, and I'm just sitting there listening. That's going to be ta- moving. Taking yeah. it yeah. in, and I'm thinking, oh, this is pretty cool. You yeah, know? Absolutely. I leave the building, you know, it's at, uh, at Armstrong Hall. That was the... Uh, the, the, the site of the, co- the College of Law at ASU. And then I'd walk back to the main campus and I'm thinking, man, I feel like I just left something that's a little bit better than Absolutely. where I'm at. I said, but you know what? Check that. You know, I need to get my four-year degree. I did. And, uh, and when did you get that degree in? In Justice Studies. Okay. In, in Justice okay. Studies. And, and uh, my senior year at ASU, uh, I volunteered as a, um, I volunteered with the Maricopa County Juvenile Court Center. I was a volunteer probation officer for a whole year. I actually I worked this area. Really, oh, wow. I, I worked as a uh, I, I worked as a volunteer probation officer. Then after I graduated from ASU in '81, then I got a job with the uh, with the juvenile court and uh, worked in the detention center for about 18 months. And that was a killer because I'm like 21, 22, and I'm working 11 to seven. You know, <laughs> my nights off are Sunday and Monday. You know, yeah. As a 21 year old, 22 year old, that's not your preferred yeah, shift, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I did that for a year and a half. Found another opportunity within the court to become a surveillance officer, a juvenile surveillance officer. We it was funded through a grant from the uh, Department of Justice. And so, um, what what did that entail? So well, you get your caseload. Okay. okay. So you get 30, 40 kids that are on probation uh-huh. for various offenses that they've been adjudicated delinquent. Okay. So now they're on probation. They have the regular probation officer. But this was a, uh, a grant that was funded by the Department of Justice to determine whether or not constant surveillance was going to reduce recidivism. Okay. Are these uh, kids okay. going to get in trouble as a result of you creating a constant presence in their life? Right. You, and I was required to see each one three times a week. Oh, wow. Really? You know, so I was in my little Dotson... 210 or whatever it was at the time, <laughs> you know, so my, my area was from 7th Avenue to 43rd Avenue from Lower Buckeye Road to Camelback. So I'm traversing all these neighborhoods, That's a big area. including this neighborhood here. So I, I stationed, a lot of my kids were, were attending Carl Hayden High School. So, <laughs> so I just parked across the street at Falcon Park and I said, meet me at Falcon Park right after school. And I'd have a dozen of them. Okay, so I check off 12. I'm good. You know, <laughs> work efficiently and smarter, you know. Right, right. And uh, so then I uh, worked at the juvenile court for about four years in 1985. So um, prior to that, though, when I was a volunteer probation officer um, in uh, 1980, 1981, I, I was assigned Jose Salcedo. 
uh, Jose Salceda, excuse me. He was, a, he was a veteran probation officer there at the juvenile court center. So I'd shadow him whenever he'd go to court meetings, things like that. One day he was subpoenaed to testify in a hearing. And so I go with him, and I'm just shadowing so, him. So you've already graduated. Which I've already, which no, this is like my last year. Okay, it's okay. my senior year okay. before I get my jobs with the juvenile court. But uh, uh, so I'm going back a couple of years. So 8081, my senior year at ASU, I'm a volunteer probation officer with the juvenile court. I'm shadowing Jose. He says, hey, Pep, he said, we got a hearing this afternoon. Meet me, blah, blah, blah. So we, we walk into court, and I'm thinking Jose is the big man on campus, you know, yeah. because... <laughs> At that point, I wanted to be a probation officer. That was my goal. Okay, that's a tough and, job. So that's why I volunteered. That's why you know academically, I was in the justice studies program. And so, okay, I can do this. And um, so he takes the witness stand. He testifies. We're walking out of court. And I said, Jose, stopped him in the hallway as we're walking back to his office. I said, Jose, who was that lady in that suit? And who was that other guy in the suit? Go. Oh, those guys were the attorneys. Okay, and I'm thinking, that's who I want to be. An attorney. Right. That's that was the who pivot. I want to be. Yeah. That was the pivotal moment. Yeah. Okay, and so at 85, I applied for law school, got admitted at ASU, and graduated in 1988, and uh, uh, got involved with the Chicano law students there. Nice. You know, and uh, it's interesting because my, my first or second year in law school, um, they changed the name of the group to the, the Chicano and Latino Law, Law Student Association. About how many people were in that? Oh, gosh, we were a small percentage yeah. of the population. There's I would only, imagine so. There's only, at that time, I know it's grown, but the student body at ASU Law School when I was there um, from 85 to 88 was probably less than 400. I met Latino, La Latino. And Latinos of those 300... Maybe 30. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah, the guys you were hanging out with beforehand already graduated. They were gone. No, they were gone. Yeah, they, they, were, gone. Gone. they, were, they, were, they were a year or two years ahead of me. And by, by the time I got to law school, they were already practicing law. Okay. Because you know, there was yeah, a yeah. four year gap from the day I graduated from, from the year I graduated with my bachelor's to my first year in law school. Okay. There was a four year gap. And, and I, I ask because that's what I find admirable about your story is that you did it at a time when most people of color were not doing that. No. You know, the percentage was low. The yeah. percentage was low, and, and you know... Um, Even going to college, it was, the percentage was low. Well, it, it, it is. It was, and it was affordable at the time. Yeah. So it was like, why not go? Right. I mean, uh, you know, student aid was available, and, and I, you know, let's rewind a little bit. Sure. I'm sitting in my counselor's office my senior year in high school. Okay. okay Mr. Duffy. Mr. Dummy. Yeah. <laughs> so I walk in with a packet of information because I want to apply for a Pell Grant. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I do my own research and I said, oh, there's grant money out there's there free money out there to fund your college education. I need one of those. So I picked up the Pell Grant and I'm flipping through the packet and I'm filling it out. And at a couple of moments, a couple of different times, I come across a word and I didn't know the definition of this word. Okay, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, I, I need help. Right. I need help with this. So I set up an appointment with my counselor, and I walk in there, and I tell him what I need, and he looks at me, he says, I got something for you. I said, what is that? He says, you know, when your grades aren't very good. Because you, you were a C plus? Yeah, and D, 
<laughs> you don't want to cut your hair. Yeah. Yeah, you hair your long hair, hair hippie. Yeah. Your guys, reputation yeah. precedes you. Guys like and you, so yeah. administrators, teachers, counselors, they they profile you in a certain yeah, way. Yes, okay. So he said, I've got something for you. He says he has me a packet with all due respect to all my brothers and sisters that have served in the armed forces. He has me a packet, an application to join the U.S. Army. Mm, I, I had the same counselor, I think. And I said, that's not what I want. He goes, but this is good for you. And we went back and forth a little bit. I said, okay. I said, I, I got this. I said, thank you. You know, have a great day. So I walk out of the counselor's office and I'm thinking, okay, now what? Well, there's a library and there's a dictionary in the library. <laughs> so I go grab me a dictionary and I'm filling out my application. If I don't know the, know the meaning of a word, I grab my dictionary. Okay, now I know what it means. I it, can move on. It's a verb. It's a verb. <laughs> and it's a, it's, a, it's a person, place, or thing. <laughs> and so I, I end up applying. So I get admitted to ASU Law School, graduated in 88, participated in Mecha, and uh, I, I graduate. And so now I'm thinking uh, it, 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 it's very challenging, even for Chicanos. You know, very, law school is very challenging. Oh, because I can imagine. Your, your, first, your first year in law school, they, they preach to you, do nothing but study. Sleep, eat, come to school, study. That's it. First year. First year law school. Don't work. Don't get involved in extracurricular activities. Don't get involved with student groups. You need to study. Because you go through, you know, uh, a, re a mental rearrangement of how you see the world, how you learn, how you interpret things, how you think, Okay. And um, and then you're getting you're getting older in age, so that you're naturally you got some life experiences, think, yeah, and I'm, you're starting to think different. Yeah, I'm about 25, 26, I believe, when, okay. when I when I get into law school, and um, and so I I graduate, and um, uh, so now I'm thinking, okay, now what? Now what is my next step? Mm. So this is eighteen, this is nineteen eighty eight. There's an election coming up in nineteen ninety you know, to the position that I now currently hold. And I'm thinking, okay, circle that date, 1990. And at this time, I'm on the Avondale City Council. I was going to say, I read something you got yeah. elected at 23 years old. I, I got elected at 23 years old, and I've been an elected official ever since then. So what's that, 40 years from wow. 1983 to, to 2023? So, at, so I'm in law school, and I'm on the city council at the same time. I was going to say, how, what you made know? you run for city council? Yeah, I ran for city council. Remember when I was at GCC, that was one of the things that I wrote on my to-do uh, list, yeah. you know? Oh. And so I ran in 23, I, went, I ran in... Uh, 1983, as a 23-year-old, I was the highest vote-getter. Wow. Uh, got more votes than the incumbent mayor, you know. Oh, wow, and, wow. Yeah. And uh, so I served there till um, 1991. So wow. I'm almost uh, two terms, two four-year terms. And then I got appointed to where I'm at now. And, uh, and I've been there ever since. But, uh, uh, you know, That's that, amazing. That, that moment uh, when I walked out of the courtroom with Jose, the probation right. officer... And after he tells me who those who those individuals were, hey, those are the attorneys. I'm thinking those guys in this setting, those are the guys that call the shots. Yeah, you know? that's who those I want to be. That's where I want to be because I, you were a witness. Yeah. And these guys were in control of that particular environment, the courtroom. And I'm thinking so. That's where that's what I want to do. So I'm like, hey, do I want to practice law? Do you know? By that time, 1988. Um, excuse me, 1991. Uh, um already, you know, eight years into public service mm -hmm. and, um, uh, you know, and, and network was networking 
within your community and even outside of the community was very important to me, okay? Because I, was, I had this vision, you know, I'm thinking, okay, if you, if you want to get somewhere, because sometimes where you want to go is an unknown. At any mm. particular moment in time, sometimes you don't know what lays out in front of you. You don't know what God is going to pre- what opportunity God is going to present you sure. with. And you don't know when that opportunity is going to be uh, presented is going to present itself. So you want to be ready and prepared when timing and opportunity mm. intersect. How, and so and that and was that my mindset. Success. You know, how, how do you think you had that foresight? Because you know, often I hear these stories, yeah. like you're saying, of people who are successful, like yourself. And I reflect back on my own. Yeah. I don't think I have that knack or that foresight to write a list and to know that I want to do that. And th- How did you find And that? then also to piggyback on that, I've been uh, approached with plenty, plenty of opportunities. And then I've never known when to strike on that opportunity, too. But anyway, go back to that. You know, timing and opportunity is very crucial mm-hmm. because you could be ready for something. You know, move on in your possession, uh, move on in your profession, your family life, your personal life. But the opportunity is not there. Mm-hmm. Okay, the time is not right. The opportunity may present itself, but you're not prepared. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, uh, you, you you know you you haven't cut your teeth, you know, mm-hmm. long enough or sufficiently to be to take advantage of an opportunity. So, um, I tell you what, uh, uh, my I grew up in a farm worker family, but. Uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine, personal friend of mine, Edmund Carrizosa, he lived about a block and a half around the corner from my house. And, uh, you know, um, uh, he comes by my house one day. He's driving by. And, uh, um, and I'm, in the, I'm in the backyard, actually. I'm in the backyard because at that time, the property that my parents... Uh, Ooh, oh, shit. Oh, c- cut. 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 Sorry. There's what happened there? Something cut loose. Okay, we had a little bit of a studio malfunction, but we're back, and you were talking about Mr. Carisosa? I was, I would. We, we had a studio wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Well, we had, you know, <laughs> somebody wanted to take it off. That's why Timmy time. had to put the jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> it was premature studio yeah. stripping. That, that, you know? that Janet Jackson malfunction. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, missed yeah, the internet. Yeah, it's just uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, you asked, uh, you know, what is it about people? Or what was it about you that that uh, uh, was innate, innate in a sense that compelled you to look forward and create a vision of yourself. I think all that comes back to each individual, uh, you know, embracing self-realization. You know, wh- who are you? Do you love yourself? What do you want to make out of your life? You know, do you want to take care of yourself? Do you want to take care of your family? How do you envision your future? Not next year, you know, 10 years, but throughout the longevity right, right. of your life, the, the, the long haul. And, uh, and I, I think that that, you know, I, I, I just, I believe I, got, I had that gift. I was just blessed with that gift, and I thank God for it every day that I, that, uh, you know, in, at GCC I was able to sit down and, and, and write down a couple of things, where, that I, goals, goals that I wanted yep. to achieve, yeah. you know. And you know, when I was a chavalito, I was probably 10 years old, you know, so that would put me at, what, fourth grade? Fifth grade, something like that. Fifth grade. Um, I'm at home and um, with, my, with my parents and my brothers and sisters, obviously. And the property that we lived on at the time stretched uh, one block 
from 2nd Street to 3rd Street. So if you exited our house in the front yard, you'd walk on to 2nd Street. If you exited the property mm. on, on, in the backyard, it would be 3rd Street. Okay. So I'm in the backyard playing around, and my buddy Edmund, God, he's also drives by with his, with his uh, family, and uh, he sees me out there playing, and he, uh, he flags me down, and he says, hey, I'm going to the wigwam. You know, <laughs> American Airlines, I believe that was the airline at the time, American Airlines is having a uh, golf tournament with celebrities and professional athletes. Do you want to go? And, and you were 10? I was 10. They didn't let Chicanos in the wigwam. Hey, well, I mean, you know what? <laughs> they, they did to cut the grass, <laughs> cut the, <laughs> <cook> the food. <laughs> but that was a separate entrance and yeah, exit. Exactly. You know? And um, so at that time, I was, that was, you know, that was uh, an enlightening moment because I didn't know what I was getting into. It was an uh-huh. opportunity that was presented to me. And uh, so I run in, my mom and dad say, yeah, go ahead, go. So I go, and uh, we met uh, Willie Mays. Wow. We met Bubba Smith. Wow. We met met Joe Torrey. We met uh, Mickey Mantle. Oh, shit. We met uh, Roman Gabriel, you know, just professional athletes that were out there. And, um, you know, people are collecting autographs. You know, so we just get a scratch piece of paper. I borrow something from Edmund. It's like, okay, here we go. You know, here we go. And I'm just a child. I'm 10 years old. So that was my first exposure to professional athletes and, and chasing that autograph, which I still do today, you know, but that's yeah. where the seed was planted. Please tell me you have those autographs still. Uh, probably somewhere. I don't know. I probably lost them. <laughs> yeah, that dude, he has so you much know, sports memorabilia. You know, anyway, that's another and, story. And so uh, I bring up Edmund because he takes me on that trip, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, while we're in class, we're classmates. We're, in the, we're peers, so we're in the same grade together. Uh, fifth, sixth grade at Laddie Core School in Avondale. He and I would, we were pals. We'd run around together all the time. We, he lived around the corner from me. We'd do sleepovers and things like that. So uh, we'd play games. And we'd play, we'd, we'd get a pair of dice and say, okay, we'd roll the dice. And we'd have our, we'd play a, a baseball, you know, table baseball. So he diagrammed the, the baseball diamond and the position players, the pitcher. And he says, okay, Pep, this is how we play this game. You roll the dice, you get a one, you get a single. Okay. Two, you get a double. Three, you get a triple. Four, you get a home run. You know, and you roll a seven, it's an out, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So we're playing, we're in the library and we're playing. And he says, okay, so this is your lineup. And he's introducing me to players I had never heard of. And, and so how did, how, how did he come across the way I'm this thing? You know, because he was an athlete. Okay. You know, and yeah. you've met Edmund, Jeff. And uh, so he yeah. was an athlete and, and he'd always play baseball. And uh, so he's, he's, he's schooling me on all these p- professional, you know, athletes. He says, hey, Joe Pepitone, we'll put, Joe Pepitone is going to be your, your, your <laughs> player because you're Pep. And yeah, you got yeah, Joe Pepitone, Pepitone. Play, used to play with the New York Yankees. Yes. So, uh, uh, at, at, so at that moment then, you know, we fast forward to, to, to 1988. I'm graduating from, uh, from, uh, from law school. You know, I'm 28 years old, going on 29. And, you know... Now, now I'm back to, you know, the point where what am I going to do now, mm. you know? And uh, Ed, Edmund taught me that, that important lesson of, of, of uh, you know, he introduced me to a new world. Okay. Because okay. my lifestyle at that time, you know, my parents were, weren't very social. They weren't leaders in the community. They weren't, you know, in the social limelight. They weren't, were, they weren't community leaders or anything like that. I spent very little, t- very little time with my dad. I mean, I almost have no memories of... You know, going to a picnic or okay. the movies yeah, or vacation, sure. playing you know, catch with my dad or anything, or anything like that. Yeah. Oh no, you know, it was work, home, and 
And so I don't, I don't have any of those memories. So, okay. I, so Edmund exposed me to a new world, so to speak. You know, and I, and I, and I saw other men that weren't like my dad. Sure. You know, and uh, so that taught me a good lesson, a good life lesson, is that there's more out there in the real world than what you're exposed, exposed to at home in your nuclear family. And so that was my platform. That was my takeoff. So for the rest of my life after that, it's like, okay, you, you need to go. You know, yeah. I'm at GCC and say, hey, Pep, we're going to PC. There's a big match of me. Let's go. Hey, yeah. Pep, there's this class over here that can teach. Let's go. Let's sign up. So I'm, I'm venturing out and, and exploring the world and taking in experiences because I don't know what that's going to teach me. Right. And that's, right. I don't know what opportunity that's, that might create for me. And that was, that's been my attitude. The you know, outside that, world is educational, man. And, and yeah, I I mean, you you had an appetite for that. You know, and I tell people, I tell young people, I said, you know, go out for sports at school, get involved in clubs, you know, do something, get involved in the community because you never know who you're going to meet, Absolutely. what you're going to learn, Absolutely. what opportunity may create itself. And that may just jumpstart your academic career, your professional career you never know you never you know, know. and um and so i'm graduating from from asu law school and now i'm at a crossroads because i know the 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 elected position that i want and that i've been thinking about for the last three years you know when i first started in law school i know it's up for there's going to be an open seat in 1990 right and right I'm thinking, okay so i need to plan because i've already been an elected official for almost eight years and um so i gather a group of people that i respect you know, we have a big meeting. There's about 10 or 12 of them. I call them up and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And um, so we, I show up at the meeting. Everybody's there, which was a good sign, right? <laughs> and I said, this, this, I laid out my plan. I said, look, say, I'm not going to run for, for a higher office. I'm not going to run for the state legislature. I'm not going to run for Congress. I'm not going to run for, you know, uh, county board of supervisors or anything. This is the position that, 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 you want. that, that I want. This, my eyes are on this position, not, not only because it's in the neighborhood and it serves the community, but it's an elected position, so I, I can still go out and campaign and meet people and network, and, uh, and, and then it still keeps me in the legal profession, okay? Yep. So it's the best of both worlds, okay? So we meet in 1990, 1990 we meet at Raul and Teresa's restaurant back when uh, Raul Chaitis had it, and I laid out my plan about an hour, hour and a half later, they all tell me collectively, we don't think you're ready. Oh, shit. Your Whoa. team. Oh, my, my team. Gosh. And so I thought, you know, these are people that you trust. These are people that you respect. Value their them, opinion. I value their opinion. You brought them here to, to kind of give you some guidance and give you that outside looking in perspective mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on where you're going, what your trajectory is. You have to respect that. Sure. Because... If you if you don't respect it and accept it, then why go through the process? Right, okay? right. Why right. waste their time? Okay, and they're gonna walk away thinking he got us here, listen to our opinion, just so that he could go out and make his own decision. Right, with no deference to what we had to say. So I took their 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 opinion to heart. I said, okay, I won't run. So won't. why why did they say you weren't ready? Uh, my youth, you know, okay. my age. I was twenty eight, you know, at the time twenty eight, twenty nine. Despite the fact you had already. Served yeah. in the city council at 23. Exactly. And um, so, you know, my age and then just my experience in the legal profession, you know, because I hadn't done anything in the legal profession at, at okay. that point. I just graduated from law school. You know, I'm getting ready for the next move. And I think I'm not going to practice law. That's the position I want to go. So guess what? You know, a friend of mine calls me up and says, uh, uh, the, the woman I'm dating is the... Uh, is the lead person at Isaac School District that assigns substitutes when teachers call out 
And she's the person they call, and she's the person that reaches out to her pool of substitutes. Mm -hmm. Do you want to work? And at that time, between 88 and uh, 91, uh, I thought, you know, sure, I'll do that. So I was teaching here at Butler. Oh, wow. You know, I was teaching Shit. here at Butler right across the street from here, taught a class. And they called me several times. And, this, and then uh, um, um, the young lady um, calls me one day and says, uh, in fact, I just met, ran into her about a month ago. Uh, but her name escapes me. Anyhow, she calls me and says, uh, hey, look, one of, our, one of our teachers is out sick indefinitely, so we need someone to take that class. Do you mind taking it? And I said, no, I'll do that. I'm like, okay, it's a gig Monday through Friday. Okay, I can do that. So I All did right. that for the rest of the semester the, uh, here at Butler. Wow. And, uh, uh, and then I, I did some freelance legal research and writing for a couple of law firms here in town for you know, Antonio Bustamante and Francisco Gutierrez and Rafael Contreras, the same guys that I was Back then, that, yeah. had, that, yeah. I, that I was visiting with in law school, you know, and um, I did that until uh, uh, 1991. And then the, the, the presiding judge at that point, he got involved in that ass scam, the, the bribery scandal, oh, you know, wow. an ass scam that uh, Bobby Raymond and yes. and uh, uh, and uh, 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 the judge that was there. Um, um, Stump, he got involved in that, and a couple other, a handful of other legislature, legislators, um, you know, and they just rounded them up, you know, and so he had to resign. Huh. So he resigned in January, February of 1991. Okay, he had just been reelected in 1990. A year after I told you you weren't ready. Yeah, so he got, he got reelected in 1990, started his new four year term in January of 1991. A month or so later, he has to resign because he gets he gets involved in this ass scam. They're videotaping him undercover. He says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll dismiss tickets for X amount of dollars, mm -hmm. things like ticket fixing, and things like that." And so they had it all under videotape, and it's all over the news. So he ends up resigning. So I'm thinking, okay, now my interest in this has, you know, resurfaced. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm gonna find 12 okay. new people. <laughs> the, 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 the game plan has changed yeah, now. Absolutely. Okay, this this was an unforeseen situation. Now, how do we attack it? Preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, I'm telling you. And um, so the Board of Supervisors is going to appoint a replacement. So 96 people apply for the job. Wow. Okay. And I'm one of the 96. And they tell me that uh, the screening committee is going is to weed, uh, sift through the, the, uh, uh, the applicants. They're going to screen the applicants and reduce it to 50. And then after that, they're going to reduce it to 12. And uh -huh. after that, they're going to reduce it to five. So you just sit back, let the process unfold. Mm -hmm. If you're one of the top five, uh, then you'll get an interview with the, uh, with the screening committee. So at that point, I'm, you know, like I told you, you know, I'm on the city council right. and I'm networking with everybody from Guadalupe to Buckeye to Gila Band, <laughs> you know, cross state lines. I'm meeting Kissing everybody babies. I can meet. Yeah, you know, I'm in a Kissing parade babies. at the Fiesta now, Mirage in Guadalupe. <laughs> they don't know who the hell Joe Kemp is, but I got, snow my, and hey, hot dogs. Man, I got my signage on my truck and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just. Ex, you know, it's just exposure. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just exposure. Let me grab your groceries. And I'm thinking, yeah. hey, I may run, I may <laughs> Man, run for public Wilson. office. Yeah. I'm thinking, I may run for public office because I don't know what the future holds. Right. I may run for public office because I'm not going to ignore that altogether, that possibility. Right, right. 
I may run for public office, and the people in El Mirage or Guadalupe or South Phoenix, they be they may be my constituents. Ah, uh, yeah. So absolutely. I need to establish some name recognition, some right. presence in the community. Right. So I'm everywhere. So anyhow, um, uh, 1991, the uh, Board of Supervisors is going to assemble a screening committee. So I'm talking to Dr. Francis Amabisca, who is the superintendent at Avondale Elementary School. I'm talking to Don Cloud, who's the principal at Awafria High School. I'm talking to Rachel Gam, who uh, is an educator in Tolleson. I'm talking to uh, Charles Lakin, who has a, a cattle company in, 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 in Avondale. Uh, and I'm talking to Ken Ryan, who's the director of the Chamber of Commerce, and everybody else. And I'm meeting with them personally, and I'm telling, I'm giving them the 411. Right, so right. So this is the plan, guys. This is what's going to happen, and I'm going to throw my name in the hat. I need your support, okay, because I need you to influence the outcome of this decision, okay? And uh, uh, in uh, May, uh, in May of uh, 1991, uh, they call me and they say, you know, beforehand, I'm talking to people, and they said, well, uh, are you going to be upset if you're not one of the final Hell five? Yeah. They say, are you going to be angry or upset, disappointed uh, if you're not one of the final five? I said, no, no. I said, I'm going to be disappointed if I don't get it. <laughs> there you go. You know? There you go. That's said, a winner's I, I attitude said, right there. I'm the game. I said, I'll be disappointed if I don't get it. Absolutely. I said, I'm not, you know, don't, don't. I'm not playing for second place you know, here. Yeah, don't, don't, don't slow my mojo on hmm. not making it to the top five. And so I'm recruiting all the people that I just mentioned. And I'm asking, apply to be on the committee. Right. You know? And so I, uh, I get an interview. And, uh, and so I know who's on the panel. Because I visited uh, practically Talked all of them. Right. You know, and they all ended up in the, in the, on the panel. And so Dr. Amabisca, uh, like I said, she was the, the superintendent there at Avondale Elementary School. She was the chairman. She was the chairman of the group. So she was going to lead the meeting. And I'm thinking, man, I know Dr. A. I know Dr. A so well. You know, how do you handle this? I mean, you walk, it's like walking into a room and your mom's going to greet you, but she's the, <laughs> right, the right. chairman. It's like, you know, do you shake her hand? Do you, hi, Mrs. Amabisca, you know? And so I'm like, okay, keep it, keep it professional. Keep right. it professional. You know, keep it professional. It's a business attitude. So I walk in and, you know, and that was my mindset. And she gets up from her chair. Uh, as soon as I, you know, walk through the threshold of the door, she goes, Ay, Pepe, buenos días. <laughs> Dame un abrazo. And I'm like, mwah, mwah. holy moly. I'm like, okay. Set the tone. So it's, it's like, so it's just like a total 360 on me. Pepe, you know? not Pep. Not Pepe. 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 So I sat down and everybody's grinning ear to ear, you know, because there's Ken, there's Jim, you know, there's Rachel, and uh, there's Charlie. I'm thinking, okay, so... One of the first questions, I'm like, hey, so what do you know about the justice courts of Maricopa County? I said, well, I can tell you that the justice courts are, you know, uh, a courts of limited ju jurisdiction throughout the state of Arizona, and they've been part of the, you know, part of the, the judicial landscape here, in, here in, uh, um, in, in Arizona since its inception in, in 1912, and much of the language, you know, the statutory authority granting, uh, creating these courts hasn't changed very much. And, uh, and they handle X, Y, Z types of cases. Really? And they're all looking at me like, whoa. Like. So anyhow, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I had done my research. Yeah, you know, I spent right. hours at the law library researching the history and the creation of the courts and the types of cases they handle, so on and so forth. They said this was before beepers. This is before cell phones. Hey, beepers. All that beepers he didn't say pager. He <laughs> said beepers, y'all. <laughs> JJ the king. So exactly. Why, why didn't they? I guess let me back up. The, the, you said the laws hadn't changed since 1912, basically. Why is that the case? I mean, there just I mean, hasn't been any movement, and, and the function of the courts hasn't changed much, and they're okay. productive in what they do, and they're an important element within the, the, the court landscape in the state of Arizona. They're, the justice courts are part of the trial court level in the state of Arizona. In the state of Arizona, you have three, three courts that are members of the trial court level. You have your city magistrate courts, okay. you have your justice courts, and then you have your superior court. All three are trial court levels, and then you have the Court of Appeals and the Arizona Supreme Court. Okay. Each, each one of those three has its um, authorized and statutory authority to handle certain types of cases. Okay. And there okay. hasn't been much much, much push, movement that much way. Movement to, to, okay. to reform the courts. You know, there's been some changes such as preliminary hearings that, that the justice courts don't, don't preside over anymore. Um, uh, some of the, the, the cases that uh, the justice courts used to hear in regards to juvenile cases as, as designated uh, juvenile hearing officers, those have been moved on uh, and become exclusive with the juvenile court. But okay. other than that, you know, um, not, not much has changed. Okay. I guess I understand no. how that worked. That yeah, that and uh, so they say, hey, um, we've done the interviews. We're going to call the, the, you know, the, the, the person that we've selected. I'm talking to Carol Carpenter at the time. Because Carol Carpenter was a Democrat representing Northwest um, Maricopa County, the Sun City, Gila Bend area, and Ed Pastor at the time was was covering mm -hmm. most, of, representing most of the Southwest Valley, and I knew both of them well, and um, and I called them personally and said, hey, I'm gonna you know put my name in and uh, for recommendation, just FYI, and so Carol calls me and says, hey, we're we're you're one of the top five, C confirm your home phone number because it's before cell phones. <laughs> You know, you want my beeper? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dr. J, we're we're paging you, Dr. J, we're paging you. And um, so she said, leave your phone, leave your phone on. We're gonna call you early in the morning to let you know if you've been selected because we want you to make the meeting at nine oh. that day. And that same morning is the morning that Ed Pastor resigned his seat as a, as a member of the board of supervisors to run for Congress. The oh. seat that Mo Udall had had uh, vacated. What's the name I've heard? So we were, yeah. So we were, we were out. The night before, you know, <laughs> and you know, you're 28, 29 years old, so you're doing 28, 29 year old things. Oh, you, you were know. out. <laughs> 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 we're out and about. So, so I live with my parents at the you're, time. You were know? Pep. You were in Joe. No, no, no. <laughs> I was getting your Pep peppy. on. You're Peppy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so. Uh, I lived with my parents at the time, so you don't want the phone ringing at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, you know. Not those times. So I would put it. On, I would put it on silent, so if anybody decided oh. to call late at night, it, it bothered my. It would si my silent means unplugging. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't awaken my mom and dad. Sure, you know? sure. And uh, so I get up that morning, and I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness, wait a minute, what time is it?" And I rush to the kitchen and I plug the phone in. <laughs> a minute later, ring, ring. Hey, wow. we've been trying to get a hold of you. No. You've been selected. You need to be here by nine. It was like eight fifteen. You know, <laughs> walk around the corner with the corner. You know, so I'm like, okay, I'll be right there. <laughs> ah. So I get ready and I make it to, you know, the board of supervisors, supervisors auditorium there on Second Avenue in, in, in Washington, and uh, I'm making it in time for the ceremony and I'm on the agenda and 
and I'm, you know, announced as the as the the next uh, judge for the All Free of Justice Court. That's nice. Awesome. Congratulations. Nice. So, did you accept the position hungover? A little bit. Hungover. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you go back to Raúl Teresa. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I was still feeling the effect. That reminds that me way. of that reminds me of the uh, the story of. Uh, he 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 was the uh, the manager for the White Sox. What was his name? The, Tony La Russa or no? The, from for the Chicago White Sox. The uh, curly haired dude. Yeah. The, was that Latino? Yeah. yeah. What was his name? He was the first one to win a, a World Series with them. Oh hell, I don't know, I don't man. Know, I think man. He, yeah, he, he, I, he was a Corajudo kind of dude. Anyway. Check out that story. It, it, it's similar to that. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. Okay. No, I don't want right. to tell it. I don't want to tell it because, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we don't have so much time. You know so, I mean? so now you have the position. Yeah, all the time. Now you're, you're crudo accepting the position. Yeah, May 6, 1991. Damn, I nice. got I got the position that day. And then uh, May 20th, 2021, excuse me, May 20th, 1991 was my first day on the job. Wow, and, and I was I was truly blessed that day for that process, and God took care of me. And and you didn't uh, wake your parents up? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, and uh, I was on the front page of La Prensa Hispana. You know, oh, nice. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my oath of office. You know, and um, uh, at that time, the laws have changed since then. But at that time, if you were appointed uh, to to serve the remainder of a of a term, whether it's two years or four years. You didn't have to seek re-election during the next election cycle. Oh, it just rolled over. Okay, so you were you were granted the full term that uh -huh. you came into. Well, I started five months into the first year of a four-year oh, term. Right. So I, I timing was great. So man, I, I was like Clarence Thomas. I got a job for life almost, man. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I got three and a half years guaranteed. Wait. You compared yourself to Clarence Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I said I was you like that in terms of how long I would have yeah, a job. Okay. Well, you know what? Okay. Yeah. He got in trouble. He got in trouble. He got in trouble. Nobody has ever offered me a, a trip on a yacht or uh, the Coca-Cola like can yeah. and all yeah. that. Do you, do you know Anita Hill? <laughs> <laughs> I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard of Anita. So, you know. so when you become a judge, do they give you your, your gown and gavel or you gotta buy that yourself? No, you get your you get your gown and your and your 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 robe. Your okay. robe and your and your gavel. In fact, uh um you know, I I just ordered a couple more a few months ago and and um those things are expensive. <laughs> I bet they you know, are. Almost yeah. four hundred dollars. The gowns at Gucci, Louis robe. Vuitton. What is yeah. it? So you know? when you're first appointed, your placa does it have pep on it? It has pep. It has Hell pep. yeah! Right on. Nice, nice. nice. And um, I started, and um, uh, Richard uh, Richard Ortiz, who was a former uh, judge at the uh, Flagstaff Justice Court, because that's where he grew up. He was an um, Army veteran. May he rest in heaven. Uh, he was, I started on May 20th. He was going to be my mentor uh -huh. for two weeks. So I was going to shadow him. And, uh, then after two weeks, uh, I was going to be on my own. And, uh, so Friday of the first week, uh, we're talking and I said, okay, Dick, I said, I'll, I'll see you Monday morning. Uh -huh. You know, he goes, nah, no, you won't. I said, well, you're scheduled for two weeks. <laughs> I said, you're supposed to be yeah. here for the next week. He goes, nah, nah. He says, why are you not coming in? He says, you got this. Uh -huh. You're ready to fly on your own. Oh, nice. And I said, you think so? And he, goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, I know. I so what was your first case? My first case, I believe, was a preliminary hearing. 
you know, we used to do all the felony preliminary hearings okay. in Maricopa County, and those are, you know, aggravated assault, aggravated DUI, you know, attempted murder, you know, uh, things of that nature. And they're all probable cause hearings, so it's not an actual trial. It's just a, a hearing to determine whether there's enough evidence to move the case forward. To go to know? trial. And uh, I always tell people, well, if you watch that first mini trial, because that's what people refer to it, the general public does, the first... Uh, a mini trial with the with uh, with O.J. Simpson. Remember, mm -hmm. they had they had a a week or two week preliminary hearing. That wasn't the actual trial. That was just the preliminary yeah. hearing. So that's what we would do. Our it's obviously, okay. it's the hype. Yeah, the hype. And so, <laughs> um, that, that I, a preliminary hearing was my first was my first uh, proceeding. And uh, we had court reporters at that time, believe it or not, in uh, 1991. And so, uh, Gene prepared a nice transcript of of my first preliminary hearing that. That I still have. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Like the the court reporters, where they no, stenographer, st stenog stenographer. Yeah. There, what would you say? Stenographer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're still out there, but I think they're in the unemployment line <laughs> <laughs> because you know technology has advanced yeah. so much yeah. that it's all audio visual. Correct. You know, yeah. you know audio video, and uh, our our court is 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 uh, equipped with audio video equipment where you don't need. A transcript because everything's being uh, yeah. videoed and everything videotaped and, and recorded. Is there specific boundaries you preside over? And there's 26. Uh, there are 26 justice courts in Maricopa County, and each one of the 26 courts serves a geographical area. Okay. And my area, uh, we went from being named Tolleson to Agua Fria, and uh, uh, we serve uh, the geographical area generally from 67th Avenue. Uh, on the east side to Litchfield Road on the west uh -huh. uh, to um, McDowell on the north and uh, Baseline on the south. Okay. Oh, wow. So okay. all this. so it's a little bit of Tolleson, a little bit of Avondale, all of Cashin, all of Ligas, all of Santa Maria, some of some of the <laughs> yeah, reds, there's a lot of traviesos you know, in that area. <laughs> a big portion of the freeway, the ten. Okay. You know. Yeah. Okay. So um, so when 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 you're going through schooling for this. Do they give you like a um, history course of uh, a how-to being judged? <laughs> like kind of going back to like the stenographer or uh, like the sketch artist. Is, is there is there a history uh, to any of that? There's no training on how to be a good lawyer, how to be a good judge, you know, because it's substantive material that they present to you. Sure. And I remember uh, uh, Professor Weiner in our, in our torts class, he says, if you're going to be a personal injury lawyer, you're going to handle these types of cases, torts. It says that, and someone comes up to you, and someone, a client, a potential client walks into your office and says, I need represent, representation on a bankruptcy case. What are you going to tell that person? You can't represent them because you didn't take a bankruptcy course in law school? No, you need, you need to expand your, mm. your, your research, the, the services that you provide. But it's all substantive law, the history of law, but not necessarily how to run a law firm, how to you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, handle yourself you know, as a judge, you know, a decision making. Yeah, yeah. You know, legal writing, legal research, there are practicals. That, that you can uh, take advantage of to to practice, you know, oral argument or present presenting a case to a jury, cross examination of a witness, things like that. Okay. Or, what, or even like case law, yeah. right? Don't you right. reference back to case, some case yeah. law to do that? In our in our legal research and writing, you know, my first semester with the former 
presiding judge of the Arizona Supreme Court, uh, was my legal research and writing, so we learned how to write legally, briefs, opinions, and do research at the law library. All right, I'll tell you what, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back to the legalese uh, language in a minute. Uh, take a quick break, we'll come back, okay? Yes, Wrap sir. it up. Okay, so here we are in the judge's chambers, and um, referring to the judge's office as the judge's chambers is, is something that's very symbolic and goes back to common law in England and a sort of an honorary title for a judicial officer to, to be in his or, her, uh, his or her chambers. We're in the Southwest Regional Justice Court Center in Avondale. Uh, we serve Southwest Maricopa County residents. We house uh, four different courts in this building, the Maryvale Court, the Country Meadows Court, White Tanks, and, uh, and our free So Let me give you a sneak peek into um, what happens behind the bench, okay? So now, um, as a judicial officer, you know, you represent the people of the state of Arizona. Specifically, you represent the people of your particular precinct, which is a geographical area. Avondale, Goodyear, Cashin, Tolleson, Santa Maria, Las Ligas. So after you, uh, after you don the robe, then you take a peek right here <laughs> to make sure everything's okay. I had my grandson visit with me all day today, so he's doing his... Uh, his artwork that he shares with us. But come along. So here we are behind the bench. Okay. And we've set up some uh, technological equipment here so that people can appear telephonically. So that people can appear telephonically and uh, audio, audio and video. video. And uh, folks can uh, call from home, call from work, call from their vehicle and uh, be connected to the court and uh, have their case heard uh, telephonically. They have the option of the, of the video. So that's, that's, uh, that's very helpful sometimes because you can put a face to a name uh, that may be on your calendar that day, whether it's an arraignment on a traffic matter or a criminal matter or, um, or an eviction or some other type of uh, uh, civil proceeding that takes place in this court. We do a little bit of everything. And I tell people, take the justice court serious because that's the one place in our community where your license can be suspended, you can get evicted, you can go to jail, you can have your wages garnished. So there are some real life, uh, real life uh, consequences uh, that, that we deal with on a daily basis. And uh, so we have to approach that very carefully and uh, uh, be fair-minded uh, and follow the rules and apply the law to the facts because we do make a tremendous impact on the lives of, of the individuals that we serve. Okay, oftentimes it's needed to take a five-minute break or a ten-minute break because the body can only take so much when you're sitting in the courtroom. So we'll retreat to chambers, take a five, ten-minute break just to relax, clear the mind, uh, and maybe every now and then go online and do a little bit, bit of research if there's a question of law or a question of evidence that I may not be familiar with or... Uh, see too often come across my desk and so I'll take some time to to research that so that we're making appropriate decisions in everything that we do so let's go let's walk into the uh, courtroom 
And so as I stated earlier, we have some uh, technological advances that allow the litigants to present their evidence, whether it's a video, whether it's uh, an exhibit, a document, and to link up technologically with, uh, with our tablets and our devices and our big screen over here that captures the audio and the, uh, and the video. And so for those of you that are unfamiliar with the courtroom, uh, this is the prosecutor's table because they have the burden of proof. And uh, if there's a jury trial, then they're closest to the jury. This is our jury box. This table over here, further from the jury, is reserved for the defense. Okay? And obviously, we have the, uh, the gallery made up of visitors, litigants, and uh, maybe some court observers. Okay? And um, <clears throat> as I said earlier, there are four uh, justice courts in this building, but there's 26 in Maricopa County, and that's been the case since... Uh, since um, 1912 when, when uh, Arizona gained uh, statehood on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, if you didn't know that. Uh, but there's 26 justice courts currently. We've grown gradually, um, but now we're at 26, and each court uh, serves a geographical area. And as I stated, stated before, this is the hour free of precinct, and we serve uh, West Valley communities, as I stated, uh, stated once again. And... Um, I'm glad that uh, you're viewing. Uh, my name is Pep Guzman, and I've been the uh, Justice of the Peace, the judge of the Hour Free of Court uh, since 1991. So that puts me at 32 years. Okay, and I was appointed in uh, this, in May on May 6, 1991. Took my first day on the job was May 20th, and and uh, love what I do, love the people I work with, and. Um, Glad to be part of the community because this is right, right down the street from where I grew up. I grew up in Avondale, so this is about a 10-minute drive from my, from my old neighborhood. Okay, we're back from break. and uh, What? No, we're back. Okay. <laughs> we're back from break. And, and during, the, during the break, we were talking about a court, right? And, and right. you guys playing different roles, prosecutors, defendants, and witnesses. That, that and such. was moot court. Moot court. Yep. So Michael had a question about court specifically. Yeah, because I, I did some research and uh, I saw in there that the type of court that you're in, you do inquests. Is that does that still hold true? Inquests it, of the the death of what is that? Early early on in 1912 to maybe oh. 1930, the justice of the peace was the person that would. The Justice of the Peace Court is, is, is the venue where law enforcement would go and uh, the, the mortuary's office would go like to identify bodies and things of that. So is this natural, natural death or? I believe all. At just death death in general. Be, death yeah. You don't remember this? <laughs> <laughs> but we don't no. do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so no, you don't, no, do, no, that don't do that anymore. So, okay, no. that's what I thought it was still current. Dan, I found that interesting. I go, yeah. wow, I didn't realize they do that. Yeah, yeah it was identify like kind of cause of death you know, what type it happened. You know, and, and that was in the, the state's infancy. You Part know, of where, morticians, where, probably. You know, where they were just trying to grow and develop and move forward and try to, you know, determine what the administration of justice would, was going to look like and what duties was gonna, were going to be assigned to what court, what, uh. you know, department within the state of Arizona, Maricopa County. Right. You know, and I, so I think that that's why they, they, uh, they assigned that duty to, uh, to the justice courts. Gotcha. Okay. And then, so one of the other roles that you do is you officiate weddings. 
I do, right? That's <laughs> part of my job. <laughs> yeah, that's part of your job. That's the best part of my yeah. job. And actually, you've uh, have officiated a lot of uh, close family and friends. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're, you're, you're close <laughs> podcast. You know? uh, yeah. I'll give you a you're, punch card. You know? I'm yeah. actually going to tell you, I'm probably the only one still married. Yeah, to so you're you're, you're probably bat, you're probably batting above fifty. No, I don't like separations or divorce because they. Adversely affect my batting average. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're comfortable answering this question, but you ever are you ever there officiating a wedding, thinking in your head, this ain't gonna work out. This shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> you can't. Ask. I've, I've officiated a wedding. I got a better one. I've officiated a wedding where where I used to date the woman. Oh! <laughs> yeah. And wow. she called me and said, "I want you to do our wedding ceremony." Wow, that is. Hilarious. I mean, we were, we, we we had a, a beautiful relationship. We were friends. Yeah, I get it. And, I get it. Yeah, whatever, and, whatever. And, and so. And so she had no broke up on good terms. Yeah, yeah. And she had no no hesitation. There was no hesitation in her contacting me and and ask me, you know, to do that for her. Did she look at you and go, I do? No. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I did. More than once. (laughs) I've got nothing under the this robe. (laughs) Just two socks. No, you know, to your to your your question, Michael, you know, um, this gentleman. Gentleman calls me, wants to get married, and he wants to do a weekend wedding. And um, uh, so this could go into the category that, you know, they're off to a rough start. It may not work. <laughs> uh, and so I, he calls me up and I said, hey, look, this is my fee. You need to pay the fee up front. Five o'clock Friday is your deadline. I remember that. And if 5, 5 p.m. Friday, if, if, if the payment hasn't been made, I'm not available yep. Saturday. Right, right. Okay. So he doesn't come by. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. That opens up Saturday. You know, no opportunity cost. I'm good. Right. So Mark Mark Smith uh, meets me at the court uh, Saturday afternoon. We're going to a Diamondback game. You know, we're first pitch like 105. So he, he walks over. He drives over to the court. He's going to pick me up, my good buddy, Mark Smith. May he rest in heaven. We're out in the parking lot getting ready to jump in his truck. little Mexican guy comes up. And he said, usted es el juez Guzman. Si, sí, claro. And he, we introduce ourselves. Luis. And he says, he says Usted Pepe. And uh, so he says, well, we're here to get married. And I'm like, you're here to get married? I said, I don't have any appointments to get married. And, uh, and uh, he, says, he says, well, I called you during the week. I said, oh, I remember talking to you, but you didn't pay the fee by 5 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And I said, so I just, you know, scratched you from my calendar. And I said, this, this, this is my buddy. We're going to a Diamondbacks game right now. I went about and, my life. I, I said, and, and as soon as I got an extra ticket, as soon as I'm done talking to you, we're going to jump in the truck and we're, we're going to drive down to the stadium. And his wife looks at Como que? No le pagaste. Oh. She starts scolding him in the parking lot. I said, Mark, that's our cue. Let's get out of here. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and another time. You know, I'm, I'm doing a wedding ceremony in the courtroom, and, I, and this is during the week, after work at 5, and I tell the gentleman, okay, this is the fee, you know, it's due now. And he looks at me, just, you know, just stares at me, blank look on his face. And I said, so I'm thinking, does he not understand me? Does, it, does he not grasp the concept? I said, no, this is the fee, you need to pay it. And he looks at his wife and says, well, pagale. <laughs> Dale su dinero. <laughs> and then he looks and he goes, but no traigo dinero. Uh, <laughs> and she said, ¿Cómo? ¿Qué, qué? ¿Que no traes dinero? 
Dijo así, no, no, no me han pagado. ¿Por qué piensas que me han pagado? Y estoy solo mirando a ellos exchange. So she angrily walks over to her purse, grabs the fee, <laughs> pays me. And I'm thinking, this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, step one, you're already out of step. It yeah, may, may not, yeah. It may not work. But you I know, guess it's not in order. My wife and I got married by the courts, and uh, we had to sit through. The judge was sentencing people, right? Man, we watched about four people get sentenced to prison. And I was like, I looked at her, I was like, man, I don't know. Well, we got kids to do this kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, that was the most odd. And so we got married. I ain't had no money either. So... <laughs> I took her outside, dude. I got her a hot dog off the fucking hot dog. The guy. She got the meal. She got chips and the soda. He went dumb. Hey, judge, I don't have the money, but can I do dude. community service instead dude, of that? it was yeah. funny, man. It was terrible. No, you know, I, uh, I tell people that that's the best part of my job because no one's going to jail. No one's losing their driver's license. No, no one's uh, being evicted. And no one's uh, wages are being garnished. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that's our experience. But the freedom's getting taken away. But the freedom's getting taken away. It was funny because uh, Pep joined us for Easter. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember last, talking with you. Yeah, yes. yeah, earlier this year, and it was funny because there was a few people, you know, in the family. You know what I mean? And I was like, "Hey, Pep, how's your batting average in the family?" <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it Rudy? Yeah. Yeah. Like in 2021? Yeah. yeah. You know? Not going to mention any yeah. because that would be yeah. you know, indiscreet. He's okay. looking at you right there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is his art project. B plus, he says. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a Carl Hayden art project. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. That's a true it, story. It lives on. Yes, it does. 80, 1980-something? Yeah. No, it was like 77. It's got on the bottom yeah. of there. Yeah. So but, that was that was really the questions I I, the, I had about, you know, your role and what you do. Um, yeah. I thought you were going to ask about if he sits on the bench and if he has anything underneath his robe. <laughs> no, I don't need to know Is that. Is it cool uh, that quick, way? Quick, <laughs> quick question though, Pep. Um, have you ever had thoughts of like uh, like going into like um, bigger roles as a judge, like uh, downtown, bigger cases, you know? Yeah, it's Superior Court. You, you know, know I like, was. It, it's funny that you asked that question because just the other day that thought ran through my mind. Right on. That that uh, you know th that opportunity hasn't like a Jody itself. Arias case yeah. or some shit. You know, you know that, I mean? that would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the thought ran through my mind, and I'm thinking, well, the opportunity hasn't presented itself. I'm more than prepared for it if it does, but. How much do you love what you're doing now? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know? and uh, piggyback on that, because you do a lot for the community. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're able to do that because... Because of the flexibility because, yeah, exactly. of my job. Yeah. You know, I love the people I work with. I, I, I love the work that we do. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm connected to the community in more than one way. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm still in the legal you're profession. You're from the community. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. still in the legal profession, like I said earlier, and it's still an elected position, so I can still go out in, into the network and, and establish a, a personal presence with my, my constituents. But, you know, the flexibility that my job gives me and the things that we do is just, it's priceless. You know, I, it, it's priceless right. because I don't know what a new situation would, would, would offer me and what the circumstances would be. And um, and I, I enjoy what I'm doing, and and uh, you know, um, there's no reason for me to leave. Right. right. If you enjoy what you're doing, you never work a day in your life, absolutely. right? Right. And before we get into what he does for the community, I don't know if you guys know, but July 22nd is a significant day for you, right? July 22nd. Isn't that Pep Guzman's day? Oh, in the city of Avondale. Avondale. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you got, got a, a day. day. Yeah. 
You got the keys yeah. in the city? I got, well, I didn't get a key, but uh, <laughs> I think I got a t-shirt. I got, I got a nice plaque, you know. Yeah, uh, Mayor Mayor Ken Weiss and uh, Vice Mayor uh, uh, Michael Pineda and uh, uh, Veronica Malone and Tina Condi and Kurt Nielsen and Brian Gilmore. Uh, uh, I believe it was 21, uh, 2021, where they, they signed a proclamation uh, establishing uh, July twenty second as I thought that ju- was ju- Judge uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Pep Guzman Day. So oh, that's, wow. no, that's right. awesome. That, that's man. that's great, and that's awesome. What's that all entail? That all. What do you get, man? You want <laughs> a photo or anything? Is it like, like you go to Denny's on your birthday or something? What is it? Come on. <laughs> you get a free burger or something? No, I, I didn't get a key to the city. You get a watch? But uh, I didn't get. I, no, I didn't get a watch. They told me what time it was, but they didn't give me a watch. You know, be there. Yeah, be there at noon. <laughs> uh, but, you got uh, the gate code. I got. Yeah. All, all access twenty four seven. Yeah. They gave me. They gave me a nice. Uh, proclamation written proclamation that i've got framed and that oh, was very yeah. nice of them to do that but it was a it was a combination of of, of years of service since 19 1980 right when on. i first got started in the community you know joined the west side recreation program mm-hmm. uh in in 1980 uh when i was probably what 32 about 32 years old and um uh, and I'm still with them now. Yep. So I've been with the Westside Recreation Program for 43 years. And uh, from uh, 1980 to uh, approximately 2000, we had, uh, we had a, our youth baseball and softball program. We had our t-ball program. At our, at our, at our greatest uh, height, we had 56 teams in our program. Wow. You know, all from the West Valley, Cashin, Tolleson, Avondale, Goodyear, nice. Ligas. And uh, we were all, for, most, for the most part, we were uh, self-contained. That means we had enough teams in every division from our own community, from, from our own body, that we would just have a round-robin season. We didn't have to interleague uh, with, uh, with uh, Levine or, right. or, or Tolleson oh, or anything great. like that. And that's so awesome. It was all homegrown. All the coaches were from Avondale Goodyear. All the kids were from Avondale Goodyear going to the same school and things like that. And, and um, I did that. For, I coached uh, for about 20, 25 years. And still remain as the chairman of the program. I started out as a coach, then I recruited me as a volunteer, mm-hmm. and then they recruited me as a board member, and then I became an officer, and ever since then I've held the title of president or vice president, either one. Very nice. You know, throughout yeah. the whole year. So how many teams you got now? We, we transitioned. Okay. We transitioned in early 2000. Uh, it was just a lot of competition out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, uh, you had the... Um, the a lot of uh, clubs. You, know, you had yeah. the onset of club teams. You had the onset of of the little leagues being established. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Litchfield Little League, mm-hmm. Weston mm-hmm. Little League, Tolleson, Avondale Little League, and then Goodyear uh, uh, started its own program in house in their Parks and Recreation Department. Excuse me, Parks and Recreation Department. The City of Avondale started their own program in their Parks and Recreation Depro- Department, and that was all competition for the same kids. Same kids. And so when we went from having 10 kids, 10 teams in one division, we went to three or four okay. because of the competition. Right, right. The kids had choices, and right. now kids are you know, starting to get their personal trainers, they're on travel yeah, teams, yeah. things getting like that. It's getting a little that. ridiculous and at so, this point. So we had, to, you know, we had to pivot from that and repurpose the organization, and so we did that in mid-2000, and uh, now we're... Now we're more of a community service organization where we go out into the community, uh, identify needs, whether it's with kids uh, in the community participating in athletic activities or whether it's kids 
participating in sports in junior high or in high school, providing them with financial assistance, assistance registration fees, uniforms, equipment. That's uh, awesome. And helping, you know, families that uh, at our, you know, uh, the low income level or they're uh, on uh, fixed incomes or yep. low income and providing them with some assistance, either whether it's, you know, during Christmas, it may be, you know, it may be socks, it may be sweaters, it may be coats, it may be a free lunch, you know, a, a food box, things of that nature. Uh, kids are traveling on these club mm -hmm. teams, and that gets expensive for parents. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And so, so we screen the, the families, we, we screen the athletes and say, okay, you know, you know you're playing, you know, a uh, 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 team or uh, travel team football. What's your registration fee? It's going to be three hundred bucks. Right. Here's three hundred dollars. We'll yeah, pay that for you. You do a, a big golf tournament every year for for that, right? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Our Cinco de Mayo. This will be our thirty first annual Cinco de Mayo wow. golf tournament. That's uh, how long you've been. Know? I've been playing about 30. what last four or five years. I didn't realize you're doing it. That yeah, thirty one years. We started out at uh, Estrella Golf Course. It's now Tres Rios, and mm -hmm. our goal at that time was to get at least. 100 golfers, I think we managed 68 at the time. Mm -hmm. It was a bit of a disappointment, but we had a really good time. The golfers enjoyed it. It was it golfers, was not foursomes. Golfers, golfers. Yeah, golfers. golfers, 68 golfers, 68 so, golfers, 68 golfers. And so, um, and I was a novice of, of that at the time. So I, I learned by practice, by doing it, reading, talking to people, you know, what are the fine elements of, 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 of uh, organizing a successful yeah. golf tournament. And then the Garcia's helped you out, Sam, too. Sam Garcia, he's been, you know, at my side the whole time. Danny Garcia has been at our side the whole time. And, and other folks that have, uh, that have uh, come and gone throughout the years, you know, Carol Chavez, you know, uh, John Arredondo, Gloria Castillo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maria Villescas, you know, Olivia Pineda, all the different people that have been on board, you know, moving it forward. And, uh, you know, now, now, we're, we're, now we're at a point, you know, fast forward 31 years later where we turn golfers away. I was going to say that, that, thing, that thing is packed. And, and we're selling out three months before the event, mm -hmm. wow. you know, mm -hmm. and... Um, and that's just been a... a, a, it's, a, a it's a hot tournament, man. Yeah, like, thanks a lot, Jeffrey. And, and I... No, I let everybody know. I let everybody know. I send I send it out the flyer out to everybody as soon as I get it. You do, and you know what? It's and you up tell to, people join quick. Yeah, and, and it's up to them. And then they hit me up like, "Hey, can you get me in?" No, I sent you the information. It's up to you. You know what I mean? Anyway, carry is, on. That, that's not your only way of fundraising, is it? No, we do our we do our annual Christmas party and fundraiser that's coming up. Uh, next month on December 8th. Where, at, where is that? At the American Legion, Post 61 in Avondale on okay. North uh, Dysart Road there in, in Avondale near uh, uh, Dysart and Buckeye Road. So that'll be our 13th annual uh, Christmas party fundraiser. Um, how did that I, start I was, out? I was going to say, plug that. I mean, how do you, how do you sign up? Remember, how do you go? Remember can, how that started? Can the, anybody the, sign up? Toy drive? Uh, okay. Anyone can sign up. It's, it's a $25 fee per person because it is a Christmas party and fundraiser. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah. it used to be, formerly used to be our toy drive. Mm -hmm. So we would have an event on a Friday night and you come in and you know, your, your cover charge would be a, a nice toy. Okay. So we've, we've, uh, repurposed that event. Now it's, now it's a fundraiser. Okay. So it's $25 a person at the door or pay in advance as they'll pay or, or by, uh, email. And so we fundraise, uh, that evening It's December 8th at the, at the American Legion in Avondale and the, the raise, the funds that we raised that evening coupled with, uh, direct fundraising, uh, will support the, uh, uh, the Children's Christmas Party uh, and Community Outreach event that we have on the 16th the following of December. Following. Yeah, about 10 days later, we'll have, we invite 160 families, okay, 
to join us on the 16th of December on the campus of Littleton Elementary School. And it's invitation only because mm-hmm. we invite 160 families. Yeah, Santa, Santa Claus shows yeah, Santa up. Santa Claus shows up on, a fire, on an Avondale fire engine. So we're about 600 people. Wow. So we're serving 600 lunches, you know, 120, 160, excuse me, 160 uh, uh, food, uh, food boxes, you know, about 400 toys wow. for the kids. And then right down the street from here, Undefeated Cuts, uh, Frank and, and his guys come out and do free haircuts for all the, for all the kids. You know? And then we, right. have, we have vendors that set up their, their vendor booth with, with uh, fresh fruit, snacks, uh, toys, interactive activities. Um, uh, and we have the, like the UFCW, uh, Arizona Local 99. Uh, uh, we have them come out, Jose Castaneda. And Cynthia del Sol, we have Gloria Castillo, realtor, she sets up. Uh, mm-hmm. Carol Chavez from Sharky's Cuts for Kids, they set up. Wow. Uh, the VFW 6310 from Tolleson, they come out. You know, Uptown Jungle from Goodyear, they come out and oh, set yeah. up. Fry's comes out, sets up. Uh, Littleton Elementary School, their transportation department comes out and sets up. And then we have a, a number of other people, community organizations and businesses that set up a vendor booth with giveaways, all sure. at no cost to the kids. Nice. All at no cost to the kids. And so um, that's what we do. And that, that'll be happening on the 16th of, of, uh, of December. Prior to that, like I said earlier, on the 8th of December is when we have our fundraiser. So the golf tournament in May and the fundraiser early part of December, December. funds the 16th of December okay. event. Uh, to be fair, send. Um, I don't know if you still got room for the for the dinner or the. Yeah, there's the plenty of room. Can you send a, the, send us a link and we'll put it on the. Okay, because that's going to be a great event because um, we're going to have Soul, Persu- Soul Persuasion playing that night, live performance by okay. Soul Persuasion by Jim Contreras and his group, and then we've got uh, uh, DJ Jimmy Davis that's going to come out and play some tunes. So he's a, a city council member from the city of Tolleson, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have. Uh, 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 a dinner. The plated is going to be rice and beans and uh, red, ch- uh, red uh, chili and green chili uh, okay. chicken. And then, so they have a. Pl- yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So uh, George has even uh, donated his time and and DJ <laughs> at, at at the Christmas toy drive. Yeah, it's it's evolved. That has also evolved because I remember. And correct me if I'm wrong, Pep. But I remember uh, Pep hit me up one, one time. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about collecting toys and blah, 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 whatever. And we met at Fuego. Just bring your toys. And, and, and yeah. he had a connection with the... Uh, Fuego. Yeah. With Diego Espinosa. <laughs> yeah, yes. with Diego. We brought a bunch of toys. And then uh, Pep had a connection with uh, one of the guys at the fire department. I don't remember if it was uh, Tolleson or, or Avondale. And they gave out the toys. And then the second year... It got a little more organized. Right. Now it's bloomed to what it is. Yeah. And, you know, the origin of that is uh, it's just like anything else. You know, you, you, you want to serve your community, and you, if you identify a need and that need is not being met, well, then if you're in a position to do something about it, then you need to move forward and, and act. So one morning I wake up, you know, it's August, you know, and, um, and I, I, I wake up and, and I say, Pep, today is the day. Today, we activate this idea that's been marinating in your brain for months and months and months, mm. you know, maybe even years. And I said, no one's doing anything in the West Valley to, you know, uh, collect toys for kids, you know, uh, during Christmas season. 
I said, I didn't see that memo come across my desk. We need, you need to initiate it. So we had a meeting at, at Cafe Samora on Western Avenue in, mm-hmm. yeah. in Goodyear, in Avondale. Avondale. And, um, Good chimichanga. Uh, yeah, and a lot of those people are still with us today. Nice. And uh, So I said, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to go to Fuego. It's going to be a Friday night. It's going to be a happy hour event. We're going to invite everybody that we can, and everyone brings a toy. It's that simple. That's simple. That's simple. the model. That's the model that we're, that we're going to follow. And it was successful. We went from Fuego to Manny's Restaurant in Avondale. We went to Palm Valley <laughs> Golf Course. We went to Estrella Vista yeah. Reception Center. We went to uh, Atlantis in Avondale. Now we're at the American Legion. That's awesome. And, you know, uh, getting back like that's good for the soul, in words of Jeff, right? And, and that's awesome. And, you know, and, and, and it's all for the kids, and we, and we do it because that's who we are. And, um, and so we... I, the first couple of years, Jeff is right. The first two, the first two years, 2007 to 2009, we collect all these toys and we hand them off to the Tolleson Fire Department. Yeah. And they would have a community event at the uh, Mannheim Auto Auction at 83rd mm-hmm. Avenue in Van Buren. And we would go just to be guests, just to observe. And there are our toys that we donated and that group is distributing them. And I'm looking back and I'm thinking... We need to do this. Mm. We, we need Bring to do this. Yeah. We supplied this group with all these toys. We need to retain those toys, that inventory, and duplicate what they're doing here. Right. And so in 2000, uh, 2011, 2011, well, we set it up at Mountain View Park in Lower Avondale with the Avondale Police <laughs> LA, Department. LA. We started out with 50 families <laughs> and 50 brand new bikes in LA. And, and um, yeah. we progressed to 150 bikes, you know, with direct contact with Huffy in Pennsylvania oh, and uh, our good buddies in, 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 uh, uh, at uh, Walmart at the uh, warehouse mm-hmm. in Buckeye. The distribution Center. The Distribution Center. Thank you, Jeff. At the Distribution Center, they would... They, they were wonderful to us, man. We, we got blessed by that group um, immensely. And um, so they, we would order the bikes. This is how far the, those guys went. You know, Ralph Garza, shout out to Ralph Garza and, and Eli Garza that, 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 uh, that were our contact people. Uh, they, would, they would get a, a tractor trailer, haul it all the way to uh, San Pedro, San Pedro, California, pick up the bikes there, bring them back to Buckeye, Arizona, assemble them for us wow. and store them there until we needed them on the day of the event. So we would have a, an 18-wheeler Walmart branded all yeah. over, pull up on the day of the event, and we'd unload 150 Pat, bikes. Remember when we used to have to assemble them? Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I shit you not. Hey, bring yeah. your tools. Yeah. Uh, we used that, to have to assemble yeah. bikes. The first, yeah. say, the first, yeah. the first, first or second years, the first two years, I believe we had to do that. We, and, and we were blessed with having Yoli Lopez uh-huh. on our committee. She, she, at that time, she was working for the Walmart Distribution Center. She says, hey, I'm going to tell my boss about this event, Eli. Yeah, yeah. And so Eli Garza shows up, and he says, I'm all in. I'm all oh, in. Whatever nice. you guys need, I'm all in. So for a bunch of years, you know, we, uh, we had that contact with Huffy, and we had that you know, coordination with Walmart made it happen for us. And we had no place to store, store 150 bikes <laughs> yeah. in a box. Awesome. And so we were truly blessed that way. And, uh, and uh, post-COVID, you know, the, the, the model has changed a little bit. So we eliminated the bikes. Uh, the cost just got too prohibitive for us. And, uh, and so now we went to, to uh, the food boxes and the meals to address the issue of food insecurity in our community yeah. and yeah, do it that great. way. 
and, and, awesome. and, and community outreach so that we have enough people from the community that are providing their community resources and information so our families can access them and, and, uh, and, and uh, hopefully the kids walk away you know, in, uh, having a Christmas experience that uh, that they can they remember. deserve. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's beautiful. That's absolutely yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, before we get into some questions from Jeff, I just also want to congratulate you on the 2023 award you just got of Heart of the City. Oh, that's yeah. awesome too. Yes, man. you know, I, I I wasn't expecting that at all. In fact, I wasn't expecting the Joe Pep Day. You know, 2021. <laughs> you know, they just said, "Hey, they gave they gave me a call and said, hey, can you come to the council meeting, July whatever, 2021?'" Sure. I, I, they didn't give me any more, no more information other than that. Just the invitation, just be there. I said, "Okay," and then they throw that on me. Nice. I think, oh yeah. my goodness. So here we are with the uh, uh, the the heart of the city award. Um, I think it was in March of this year. Yeah. And I just got invited to attend. That was it. Hmm. I wasn't told what was going, what was on yeah. the agenda or anything. I see these shiny acrylic awards on the table, <laughs> and I'm like, those look pretty cool, you know. And I'm thinking, I need to find out who their vendor is because I've had a difficult time getting those for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> but I'm thinking that was my thought. Like, for the Cinco de Mayo you know? tournament, yeah. yeah my yeah. vendor tells me he doesn't have access to these, and he, somehow this group got them, and so. I'm sitting at the mayor's table, which is right in front of the stage. And I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, yeah. should I leave halfway through? No, that'll be disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at the mayor's I, I table. I peeked my face in yeah. here. I'm good to go. I'm at the mayor's table. It's right in front of the stage. Uh, no, you, you better stay. I said, I'll be, be respectful. Pay, uh, respect, respectful patience. Don't leave. So I didn't. So I stayed there and I'm seeing all these people get their awards. And I'm thinking, oh, Joe Pep. Westside Rec, you need to step up your game, you know? And I'm, that's what's going through my mind. I'm seeing what all these other groups are doing, the awards they're getting. And then, you know, um, I don't have my glasses on at the time, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm nearsighted, so I don't need my glasses to see something in front of me. Um, so I put my glasses on, and I stare over at the table. Now there's only one award left, and I put my glasses on I'm staring at it, laser focused. <laughs> yeah. Joe Pet Guzman. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, you know, it, it was just nice you know, setup. It, it, no, no, it, I, I was overcome with joy. Yeah, that's you awesome. Know? Yeah. And it was something totally unexpected. The mayor calls me up. He gives me the award. Save and, the best for last. And then he says, "Tell the group what you do." And now I'm the only recipient that gets to talk. Oh, 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 wow. Of all wow. the recipients of that evening that came wow. before me, he gives me the microphone. He said, tell the group what you do. Puts the microphone in my face. I'm like, okay, you're prompt too. I can do that. So it was great. It was great. Thank you. I wrote a song about it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to hear it? Yeah. You know, sure. actually, uh, Tim has t uh, Tim Day. Is that right? Yeah. He takes... Uh, every day. He, no. <laughs> he actually takes time off of work every now and then for himself, personal time. And he calls it a Tim Day. It's a Tim Day. He, he well, goes to the. No, I, don't uh, have, I don't have a key to anything. He well, goes to the, well, you know that that's not bad because you know I don't have to be at work. It's a mental to, health day. I don't have to be to work at at uh, till about nine o'clock. But sometimes I'll get up at four or five just to spend more time with myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you. Tim would go to the movies by himself. I did. I, I did. I, I went money by myself. Yeah. Hey, but before we wrap up, Jeff, Pep, ready? I'm, I'm ready, sir. All right. What do you got? Um, Quick questions, just answer. Rapid you know, fire. Sure. And then the later questions you can expand on. Okay. All right. So, <clears throat> how many questions you got? 
Let's go into serious questions first. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Biggest risk you ever took? Running for office. All right. right. Running for office. Worst advice you ever got? Join the army. Do, it, do as other people do. Mm. <clears throat> Interesting. If you weren't a judge, what would you be? I'd probably be a mariachi, man. <laughs> I'd be an entertainer. Do you, know? you play any instruments? No, I don't. You know? yeah, yeah. But no, I, 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 I love the arts. I love music. You know, I like that culture of the, of the Mexicano culture. You know, uh, yeah, it hits the soul, you man. Know, I'm telling you, man. It hits the soul. It can does. you sing? I'm probably an entertainer. Yeah, can you sing? I can't. You know? <laughs> Whether, an entertainer could be anything, right? Good thing I mean, you're a good, good thing, thing you're a judge, judge man. <laughs> All right. Hot or cold? Huh? Hot. Hot or cold? Yeah. Hot. hot. All right. Favorite cereal? Oh, Wheaties, man. Ooh. Wheaties. Michael oh, Jordan yeah. on the cover. All right, got you. Better tacos. Wheaties. Tacos or burritos? Tacos. Drumsticks or flats when it comes to uh, chicken wings? Drumsticks. Drumsticks, mm. all right. Bone in. <laughs> <laughs> not we're, that, Timmy. Yeah, hey. We're not, not going to go there. <laughs> the same way. All right. Celebrity crush when you were growing up. Celebrity crush when I was growing up. Oh, probably Cher. Cher. Oh, yeah. Get down. Cher she still looks good. Show and, and on Friday nights, you know. Yeah. Cher with tongs, silky. Long silky. Oh, that's you know? more than a crush. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> guilty pleasure song. Guilty pleasure song. No, I was, I'm sorry. Guilty pleasure. I'm wondering song. the share. I'm going back to the share thing. I'm sorry. Is it because you had hair like Sunny? Said <laughs> <laughs> you, you had long oh, hair at one you time. <laughs> you know, I just thought she was one of the most beautiful women yeah, I've ever seen was, on she TV. Was attract- she's attractive. You know, she's still uh, attractive. Yeah, yeah. Sharing the mask. Remember the mask, the movie? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. you know <laughs> Rocky Dennis. I, I remember her. Rocky Dennis. I was yeah. really impressed with her, you know, performance in um, uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. She got an Oscar for that. Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yes. Yes. She got an Oscar for that one. All right. Guilty pleasure. Guilty song. pleasure yeah. song. Singing in the shower. Guilty. No one's listening. Yeah. Or or oh. or, or in a car. You're, you're riding down the I ten or whatever. Like and and the song comes on. You don't want none of your homies to know that you like. But they'll know now. In the 85 C10. <laughs> or in the 85 or the 63 Impala you got. You know, I'm not. You're not embarrassed? Well, I'm not embarrassed about any music that I listen to. Good because I like I like the different genres, you know, whether it's rock and roll and some Def Leppard or, or, or Vicente Fernandez, oh. you know, or Mana or, or oh, yeah. you know, yeah, the yeah. Rolling you. Stones or, or, or Michael, yeah. Michael Salgado. Favorite chick you know? band. Let's, let's, switch it, uh, let's switch it up. Chick band? Probably Joan Jett. All right, there you go. I love rock yeah. and roll. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, uh, let's see here. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Uh, giving people heart, a heart and courage. All right. Yeah. All right. Touching okay. someone's heart and instilling courage, almost like taking care of the of the scarecrow and the. The lion in, in Wizard of Oz and all, <laughs> all these right, characters. Right, you know there what I mean? Go. There you go. The wizard giving them a brain, right, giving them yeah, courage. Yeah, you know, that would right, be my cool. superpower. Awesome. All right. If you were a pro athlete, what sport would you be in? Oh, baseball. Uh-huh. Baseball. Yeah. Juan Marichal is one of the athletes that I met at that golf tournament. Juan Mar- Damn. Juan over, at, over at the wigwam? Yeah, at the wigwam. Yeah. All right. Favorite Latino movie? Ooh, Mi Familia. Mi familia. Mi familia. Say a quote from it. 
Only for today. <laughs> Only for today. It's <laughs> 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 on the wedding scene. That the day of the yeah, wedding. Yeah, Only yeah, for yeah, today. Only for today. Isai Morales, you know. What happened yeah. to him, man? Where Where is is dinero? He's, yeah. still, he's still around. He's yeah. still uh, Richie's brother. <laughs> <laughs> California in the back. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, I know he dropped off the scene and mm-hmm. the Hollywood scene and went to do something else. But he was... He was hot, man. He I was think a the hot last comedian. Thing he did was uh, the Carl Hayden movie. He was the, one of the dads. That that. Oh yeah, he uh, um, spare parts spare with George parts. Lopez. Yeah. Oh okay. He yeah, was wasn't that. he? Mm-hmm. He was, huh? He was the spare, mechanic. Did you ever see? Did you, no, I didn't yeah, see no? it. No? Spare parts. Oh, yeah. Amazon. I thought he did something around. He probably is. Yeah, but I don't know if that we counts. don't see him too many. Right. We, we we know him as Bob. Yeah. All right. Speaking of La Bamba and Bob, say a, say a quote from La Bamba. La Bamba? <sighs> Not my Richie. <laughs> Not my Richie. <laughs> right on. Yeah. One more. Today, Junior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get it up. Never mind. We already covered that. Oh, <laughs> ask it again. Ask it ask again. It again. What, what do you got? What do you got? No, I, we already covered it. I forgot to cross it off. Oh, oh hell, hell, man. All right. You know, All right. I know. Uh, I had a Timmy uh, moment. I had a Timmy moment. You know, if I were alone and, and I was playing some music that I didn't want my, my brothers and sisters to know that I'm listening to or singing, probably some, you know, some um, Mariah Carey. Or, there you go. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Mariah Carey. Sing a verse. The, Sing Christmas, a verse. the Christmas album? <laughs> the Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I read that you're a big Los Lobos fan. I am. Yeah. I am. I had And I had the blessing of meeting all of them. Nice. You know, back in, I think it was the... Uh, Casino 29 as you're on your way to L.A., mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, or by near Coachella, just outside the All Coachella right. yeah. Valley. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, I also hear you like uh, Tres Delincuentes. Oh. I mean, you put, you peel back a couple layers from of that from onion, onion of someone's yeah. personality, and then, you know, you get to the root of hey, who they are. Pep's they a barrio are. boy, yes. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love Liquid Habits. I love them. I think you they're know? one of the Dude. most underrated hip-hop groups. No, you know? they are. They, so I, got in, I got introduced to Los Lobos my first year in law school. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Grime from uh, Chicago. He was a first-year law student just like, just like I was. And we sh- his locker was next to mine. And so the first week of law school, we meet, shake hands. Hey, what's your name, Joe? He goes, what's your name, Joe Pep? And I got <laughs> different. And uh, so Luis. He invites me to his house or to his apartment. He goes, hey, have you ever heard this before? And I don't know, what is it? He goes, Los Lobos. They were a Mexican rock and roll band from East L.A. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. Just, I don't want to be a Mariachi anymore. Yeah, he, he, tur- he turned me on to that music. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, the band from East L.A., the double, the double CD yeah, the, yeah, set, yeah, you know. Yeah, and we got it. And it's got a great that, album. Yeah, we have it. I was lucky to be at a concert there at the, the Casino 29, like I said a few moments ago, and able to... Uh, uh, to meet all the members, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and uh, David, David Hidalgo is probably one of the most underrated musicians in the whole world because he can pick up practically any instrument from the guitar to the accordion to the harmonica, yeah. you know, and, and Luis Rosas, you know, Cesar Rojas and Luis Perez, those guys. I mean, they've been around for a long, long time and they're good storytellers, they're good uh, songwriters and 
excellent music. I would agree. Yeah, and know. they've changed it up through, through some albums. They've oh, yeah. Like yeah, different, yeah. different yeah. genres of types of music. You know, they did yeah. a song to It's a Long, Long Way to Gila Ben yep. on, on yeah. one of their CDs. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it, it is a long way to Gila Ben. <laughs> <laughs> not if you start in Avondale. Yeah, that, that's not <laughs> in LA. How do you start in LA? We were at that. We were at that concert, and I took with me. Uh, it's, it's almost like a two by four, three by five picture is a, of the poster of the album cover of just another band from East LA. If you remember that album cover, it's the stair, yes. the stairs, uh, uh, stair steps to to the right in front of the front door to this old brown, yeah, that little casita yeah. with the bushes. So I had all five of them autographed. Oh me. man, that's right. Cool. That that Do you know where that's at? Yes, it's in my storage, <laughs> along with everything else. You know, yeah, I've been I've been, to, I've been to Pep's house. I've been to Pep's storage, dude. This guy has so much like memorabilia, memorabilia dude. That's cool. That's dude, it's awesome. It, it is. Get it's it awesome. Yeah. Hey, well, we got to wrap it up. So, Pep, thank you very, very much. Yeah, it was a, it was an honor for us to have you here. Well, well thank Absolutely, you guys, man. man. Thank, thank yeah. you for having great me, and I, I wish you guys the very best. You guys are doing a a great job, and in. Uh, uh, sharing your stories and stories of other people with our Chicano community and, and, our, and our young people need to know what, who's out there and what they're doing and how it impacts our community. So thank you guys again for thank giving you. me this opportunity. Yeah, thank appreciate it. it. Thank really you. Thank you. Being on. Yeah. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to have George walk us out of here. Wake him up. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking all day. I was, at <laughs> I was at Dino's today. <laughs> Pat, thank you very much. You know what? I got to really do a real quick shout out real quick to, uh, to Pat, his stories today. Lara Latino Chicano names, mm-hmm. last names. That's I love that. Everything. I mean, the way you described everybody in your stories, the names that came out of there. That's us, mm-hmm. and that was great. Paints a picture. Yeah, yep. paints a real good picture. And I'm glad that you worked with a lot of those people, and their names, last names, have the same last names as us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or end in E Z. <laughs> <laughs> so right on, Pep. Thank you, Timmy. Right thank on. you very much, Michael. Thank you. Son-in-law named Jeff. Son-in-law named Jeff. <laughs> hey, don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and follow us. We are Suniva Lifestyles presents What's, What's Happening. happening? <laughs> there we go. Let's go, guys. Thank you. Great interview. I didn't even hear you. This is Tom. We do it on the avenue. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, let's get